Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Scott. And welcome to God or Not, the podcast where truth springs from argument among friends. This is episode number 20, and Scott and I will be talking about epistemology. Also in this episode, Scott will be discussing prescriptive versus descriptive. So grab your popcorn, sit back, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the center ring. This is the God or Not Podcast. We're in for a great night of civil discourse here as these two warriors are wrapped up and ready to go. And now, let's get ready to dialogue! And here we are. You got a good one in store All right. for our fans, for our fan tonight. <laughs> We're down to one fan now. Only one fan yeah, is we, with us over our, uh, our forced hiatus here. We are going to be talking about uh, epistemology. So yeah. how we know things. How we, uh, how we know uh, things. Yep. Yeah, how, we, how we know things, which is interesting. Something I'd never really thought much about until I got into apologetics. And then I, I realized that not everything is, is easy to know that, you know, if that makes that, sense that it, it's, it's. Yeah. Yeah. To know, to, know that you, to know that, you know, and to know how, you know, right? and then to try to tell people or convince people that you really do know. Right. And <laughs> like then there's, try. <laughs> there's a lot to it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about uh, tonight. Okay. So well, let's, let's do just it. let's get let's, to it. Let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. This is the main event. Okay, everybody, we are going to be talking about Scott. <laughs> this episode is about you, buddy. Quit picking on me. Yeah, yeah. It's your turn now, you jerk. All right, uh, bring it. Yeah, bring so it. Um, basically, I've made this argument in the past by just way of passing. And the idea is, I, I think that um, that you are being unreasonable. And okay. when I say that, I don't necessarily mean that, obviously, I don't mean it's malicious. I don't okay. think you're conniving in some kind of smoke-filled room, you know, wringing your hands like, hey, how can I get around this? Um, mm -hmm. But I think that what you've done is you set up what we call an epistemology, and we'll get to what that means in a minute. But okay. you set up an epistemology or a filter that um, disallows for certain things, or maybe it doesn't theoretically disallow for it, but practically speaking, like when the rubber hits the road kind of thing. Um, oh, I would say that I definitely disallow many things. Right. No, I agree. But, but we're going to get more specific. Oh, okay. in that, right. Yeah. So when we talk about epistemology, uh, basically what we're talking about is is what we're trying to find out. Epistemology is the study of knowledge. Like, how do we know what is real, what is true, what is justified for us to believe and what isn't? And often right. what I like to compare it to, and this may be a really, really simplistic understanding of uh, epistemology, but it seems to make sense to me, is that. Anybody who's a homeowner 
knows that there's you have an HVAC unit, you know, heating and air conditioning unit. And this unit uh, needs a, a new filter put in there probably every month or every quarter, depending on what kind of thing you have. Or once a year, like right. me. Yeah, Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're you're saying that you just get around to it once a year. Right, pretty much. Oh. I think it's. I think we're supposed to do it twice a year, right, but we okay. usually end up gotcha. doing it about once a year. Yeah, I think mine's quarterly. So, uh, and the idea, of the filter, obviously, is air gets sucked into the HVAC unit, and mm-hmm. then gets spread out throughout the house. But we don't want everything that's in that air. Obviously, there's dust, particulates, pollen. Things like that that we don't necessarily want spreading around in our house. And so the filter is supposed to uh, allow for some of that uh, clean air to to get through, but then to stop some of the things that that would be harmful. So it's just acting like a normal filter. And epistemology (laughs) is is, uh, a way that we're able – it's like the filter for our brain – our mind to determine what is true and what isn't. And so it's kind of the the filter that we set up in our mind to determine, okay, is this true or, or do we have good reasons to believe this? And so obviously just like an HVAC unit, you have to have the right filter. If the filter is, is not the right kind, you could have one that is stopping too much of the airflow, not uh-huh. not allowing the right amount, or you could have one that isn't stopping enough of the airflow, not catching enough of those bad particulates. Right. Uh, so likewise, I think with epistemology, it's our job as, as human beings, rational human beings, to decide what it is, um, uh, uh, what kind of level of skepticism we're going to have, uh, depending upon the claim and depending upon our experience, and that that our filter should be adjusted appropriately. And it's hard to do because there's no hard or fast way uh, of saying, oh, well, this is how it should be. Obviously, people, people, their filters will be uh, distinct and unique depending upon their experience and depending upon – you know, uh, some of the other things that they have, their their knowledge, their knowledge base. Uh And so I think – what I'm trying to demonstrate isn't, isn't necessarily to you, although I would love for you to go, oh, yeah, I could see your point. It's, I guess, more to our audience that I don't, I don't disagree with your um, rejection of my claims so far. I can understand why you don't think those are good claims. Okay. So okay. I can, I, well, I think that, Obviously, they're good claims. I understand why you don't. And okay. so I, I don't I'm, I'm not saying that that's unjustified. But then obviously, there have been times where we have dug a little deeper and we've mm-hmm. made we've made I've, we've done some thought experiments, which lead me to believe that um, there's just no possible way of convincing you. There's just no amount of evidence. And okay. uh, we'll get into more of that as we kind of uh, break things down. But I'll stop at this point. So give you a little um, uh, time if you there's something you want to respond to there. No, I thought that was a pretty good, uh, that was a, a rather lengthy explanation of a filter, but, <laughs> but I think, uh, I think we get the, I think we get the idea. I think that's a good, uh, a good representation or a good uh, analogy, right? So epistemology is just how, how do you justify what you're, what you believe or what you're saying? 
you know, how do we know what we know? Why do we believe what we believe? That kind of thing. And so, um, so yeah. So and so you are. Uh, I'm, I'm, I just want to get a, a real grasp of what what you're what you're accusing. Not, well, not necessarily accusing, but what you're what you are uh, implying. Well, you're not even implying. You're right. specifically saying it, right? Yeah. Uh, what the what the heck are you saying? Right. Okay. What what are you <laughs> right. saying here? So so, so gonna- you're saying that my epistemology is too restrictive or at least i'm i'm applying it too restrictively yeah is that what you're saying yes but not necessarily in some of the evidence and argumentation we already talked about because like i said before i understand and i I think you are justified in in rejecting some of my claims even though i think it's good evidence Mm -hmm. I, i can understand why and i think that it's reasonable for you to reject okay but it's when we get into some of these thought experiments uh, that we'll talk about here in a minute, where I'm like, okay. no reasonable person would deny this. You know, that, that's and so that's why I'm trying. I would like to show our audience that that your um, that your position, so to speak, is okay. when the rubber meets the road, practically mm-hmm. unjust, um, uh, unfalsifiable. And I know you have issue with that. We'll hit that in a second. Um, okay. So, so the idea is that. Um, What I let me let me show you what I think good epistemology looks like. Okay. Okay. So it goes something like this. For example, this is what I think is 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 reasonable epistemology or reasonable filter. Okay. Uh, atheist. So you believe God exists, or you believe the supernatural exists, and the Christian or the theist would say yes, and then the atheist would say, well, what would it take for you to not believe? in God or the supernatural. And I would say, well, something like a demonstration. Then the atheist would say, well, what does this demonstration look like? Mm -hmm. And then the Christian or the theist would say something like, well, if you could find an internal contradiction in the nature and essence of God, or if you could show me evidence that shows that the resurrection is less, less plausibly true than not, or, you know, you show me the bone verified bones of Jesus or something like that. So, mm-hmm. so to me, what, what I'm what I'm showing here is I have so. A, so what what about that makes that good epistemology? Well, I think that first of all, I, I'm giving you uh, an idea of what would change my mind. Okay, I'm, I'm giving you an idea of what would potentially. Now, of course, we can never know because I, I know people who are hardened atheists, and they said I would never change my mind, and they had an encounter with God. They didn't even have. Um, anything sciencey, like they were completely un, um, unmoved by the evidence in in within you know natural theology uh, apologetics. They were unconvinced by that, mm-hmm. but then they had a personal experience, and that's like the worst kind of thing, according to a lot of atheists, is is a personal experience. You know, because they're a lot of times they're very much into science and a demonstration and things like that. So. I I I think for that, I mean, you know, I don't know if I'm getting us off track or something, but, you know, a lot of the reason behind, you know, personal experience really has comes with a lot of baggage. It comes with a lot of uh, built in interpretation already. And so and so when we're talking about a personal experience, we're we're not talking about anything objective that we can double check, that we can measure it all. It all boils down to that person's perception of the of the person, quote unquote, personal experience. And so that that's. That's really the problem with personal well, experience. My, I mean, my point is, is I think that a lot of people would be convinced 
by even something as little as that. Like, right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? People, like, like, people are often convinced for bad reasons. And, yes. And like, well, I wouldn't necessarily say that was a, a bad reason either. I would just, uh, like I'm saying, is that I, I know you wouldn't say that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying that 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 you might even change your mind based upon a personal experience. You just sure. you just can't ever really know for sure. But within this first um, kind of thought experiment, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm saying, hey, look, this is my beliefs, and this is how I wouldn't believe it anymore. And, and okay. I, I'm able to give you some kind of um, some kind of marker, something to shoot for, some um, some way of falsifying or at least heading in that direction, as opposed to had I said something like, um, you know, well, I need a demonstration. And you'll say, well, what does that demonstration look like? Well, I don't know. So at that point, it's so vague that no matter what evidence you bring, I can mm-hmm. always say, no, I'm just not convinced. I'm just not okay. convinced. And so there's no uh-huh. way for anyone else to know but you if you really are convinced or if the argument really was defeated. Because what we have set up is that the way the argument, uh, the way you win the argument is by convincing you. Does that make sense? Okay. So well, what I'm showing here is this is a way that you could not only show me, but everyone else that you beat my argument, that that. You should change your beliefs because you said so, you would so you're, under so these you're conditions. Good epistemology would be uh, to follow the evidence, right? So your, your your example here says the evidence. If you could show that the evidence doesn't support the resurrection of Jesus, that, and so that's, that's that's one of them. That you can would potentially. So, so yeah. you're calling that you're calling that good epistemology. Yeah. Well, I'm saying that that would be yes. That this is okay. an example of uh, an appropriate filter. What one in which I have uh, I, I have a set of beliefs, but there are practical ways in which those could be defeated. Okay. And, and that, that people and, and again, this may be just inherent with your position. You know what I'm saying? Like this may not have anything to do with how you've set things up, but rather just um, the very nature of the claims dealing with the supernatural and things like that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to be generous as far as that goes too, because I understand that that that's a possibility as well, that look, these are just different types of claims and it's more difficult and it's harder to set up, say, well, this would, this would, or should, I'm almost leaning towards instead of saying what would convince you otherwise saying what should convince you otherwise. Yeah, that's really, I mean, that's really what we're, more interested in here, right? Yeah. I mean, ideally, w- the things that should convince somebody are the things that well, would convince somebody. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, but that's not always the case, and and um, so so we so that so we have our example of good epistemology. Now, the bad epistemology is going to be what I mean. Is, so, so so to me, and what I mean by bad epistemology is just that there's absolutely no way for, and I'm, I'm not taking this this word epistemology in the strictest of senses here. So just bear with okay. me. It's just kind right. of I, I, what I'm trying to show is that there's no way for anyone in the audience or myself to know um, what would convince you. And that even in, and so I, in a minute, I'll show you like mm-hmm. when I said that it's your position or your, 
yeah, your position is unfalsifiable. I know you mentioned that unfalsifiable means that it, it cannot be falsified even in theory. Well, why don't you read off? Why don't you read off your your figure two here, and uh, yeah. so that way we can so we can have specifics like, to reference here. Jamie, so you don't believe the supernatural exists, correct? And you say, yeah, correct. I don't believe the supernatural exists. And then I okay. say, well, what would it take for you to believe the supernatural exists? And you say a demonstration. And then I say, well, what would that demonstration look like? And you say, you don't know. So at this okay. point here, th- there's no way for me to show my audience. See, look, he should change his mind because I've given him this evidence. Mm -hmm. And then later, obviously we go on, I go on to give extreme, what I think are extreme thought experiments that should Mm -hmm. convince the most, at least in, in, in my estimation should convince a reasonable person. Not saying they wouldn't, you, you might be convinced by it. You just don't think you would be. Does that make sense? So, so what's the difference between, uh, a demonstration, at, you know, quote unquote, a demonstration versus um, the evidence supports the conclusion. What, you know, because I've said I, I don't just say a demonstration and then that's it. Right. I, you know, I've said, you know, just show me the evidence that supports you, the conclusion. And so th- that's basically the same thing that you just said was good epistemology. But here it's bad well, for some reason, because I gave you specifics. I was able to give you specifics in, in terms of mine. Okay. I'm able to say, uh-huh. if you could show me X, Y, or Z. Okay. Right? Because you could always say, well, I don't think that follows. Well, I don't think that follows. You could always say that, even if it does follow. Does that make sense? Um. Well, I mean, if you showed that it didn't follow, then that would. No, because you could always that... say it doesn't follow because it's so vague. But if you show me the oh, bones so you, of Jesus, so you wanted you wanted me to say something like, um, if you show me a rock that can only exist, that can only be created supernaturally, then I would believe it. Something like that. When we talk about demonstration, I, I don't just mean in like a because it seems to me it, at this time it's it's very vague in terms of mm-hmm. you, you, oh yeah, you just show me that this. This supports the evidence or the evidence supports the conclusion. Well, right. I think it does. And you don't think it does. So we're kind of stuck. And I, I have no way of, of, of. Well, that's uh, when we would break it down. And that's that's when I get down and I say, here's why it doesn't follow or does follow or whatever it is. I happen to be, you know, so that's when we look at, well, why do you think if why do you think it, this is good evidence. Why do you think it's not good evidence? Mm-hmm. You know, so then that's when we look at the why part, right? So to me, that's when we're dipping our toes into the epistemology, uh, you know, pool right there is when we, it's not when we're talking about the what is when we're talking about the why. And so if we have, if, if, uh, if I say, um, you know, give me some evidence that the supernatural exists and you say, well, what does that evidence look like? And if, if I don't know, I don't know what, what supernatural evidence looks like. I mean, that's, that it seems to be, I mean, you, like you're you're asking me to make your argument for you. No, because I think that I've given some thought experiments in the past. That that okay. Seems, well, let's look at some yeah, specific. Let's let's get, so get down to a, a specific example. Yeah, let and, me give you a specific. And one, so uh, let's see see if I can get a I, better I know, grasp. Of I know this here. that we've um I know that we've talked about in in the past um this particular example. So if I, I had mentioned okay. so if if I if I Came up to your place there, and I, I always forget what lake is up there. Superior? 
Lakes, uh, lakes. Yeah, we have, that's one of our many lakes. We're kind of known for that. So, but uh, Lake Superior is the 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 main the one great there. lake that's yeah. near our yeah. So if I if I came up there, if I told you, hey, I'm going to come up there and I'm going to I'm going to part that that lake in Jesus's mm-hmm. name, and you're like, yeah, okay, right. whatever. I drive up there, and then mm-hmm. we leave your house. We go out, and I do it. I actually part that water in Jesus's name. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that seems like. Pretty good evidence, but under your pretty pretty good evidence for what? See, but here under your epistemology, you would say, "Well, I'm just hallucinating." And my point is, is that but but you're saying it's pretty good evidence supporting what conclusion is the, what I'm asking? The supernatural exists, something other okay. than nature. You know, okay. so so this doesn't look like it could have a natural cause, and um, it's difficult because. You, it's difficult for me because you could always appeal to the unknown natural. There's mm-hmm. a guy named Tom Jump that does that all the time on the internet. He always appeals to, well, that could be just the unknown natural. And to me, that just seems like a cop out. I'm not saying that that's, that's what you do. I'm just saying that, like, you could always. Wait, a- I, well, it, it, would I be appealing to hallucination or to something yeah, think, unknown? Because yeah, hallucinations no, right. are known to occur. No, right. I think that that's what you said initially, uh, that you okay. would just probably believe. And I think I. When I asked it to you, I kind of caught you off guard. So I didn't even know if you had at that time given any thought to it. But you, I think you had mentioned, no, I probably just think it was a hallucination. And I'm like, boy, okay, uh-huh. that seems like pretty, pretty reasonable evidence. Um, it, it seems reasonable at that point to, to conclude that maybe something other than the natural or material world exists. But then I went even one further. You're like, mm-hmm. well, I don't think that would satisfy. Okay, well, let's try this. Let's say that we were having lunch, and wait, wait, bef- before we go into your your part two here, sorry to interrupt here, but so is that? So, are you saying I'm? If I say, it, well, it could be you could have hallucinated it or something. You you think that is reasonable or unreasonable? No, I, I think that it's possible you could be hallucinating. But here's right. That's part- not what I asked though. I asked, do you think that my? Do, do you think my? my uh, apparent dismissal of the supernatural because there because of this possibility of hallucination do you think that is reasonable or you know i'm trying to figure out where you think i'm being unreasonable well i would say that there are certain aspects that happen when we hallucinate things like people don't hallucinate things and and not know it was a hallucination like when uh-huh. you look at the psychology behind it and i, I haven't studied this in depth but somewhat when you look at the psychology behind it, people know, at least after the fact, that they were hallucinating. And it's what we're talking really? about. Well, I, I, yeah. I think, I think, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I don't know if that's the case. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I we could we could talk about that later. But it, just in mm-hmm. from what I've read in the literature, it, it is something akin to a dream. When you wake up from a dream, you're not like, mm-hmm. "What's real? Was the dream real, or am I Usually, waking up? Yeah. Is that real?" So, yep. That's the kind of parting the ocean in Jesus's name that I'm talking about, an experience that doesn't seem to be a dream or hallucination. It doesn't have those kind of attributes that typically would follow a hallucination or a dream, namely that you know, at least at some point you're hallucinating or you're dreaming or, you know, you're able to distinguish once, at least once you wake well, up, I, the real I think world we're from- getting f- far afield of either of our, you know, comfort zone of, of knowledge here. So, you know, I, I, you know, as far as the 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 uh, psychology of hallucinations, I think um, 
I mean, would you agree to yeah, me I, though that I, in a in a dream like because hallucinations are often um, they're all- some. I, I would say that at least some of the time you can you know that you were hallucinating and hallucinating, and at least some of the time you wouldn't. Hmm. Okay, I mean, I'm, all I'm saying is that isn't what I've read in the literature, but maybe we are outside of our depth. So what I'm saying is you're having an experience that at mm-hmm. at the time and after the time you really thought was was real. Okay? Like, okay, yep. like it, it okay. seemed like a real experience to you. Mm-hmm. But you would still chalk it up to hallucination. Well, we're we're looking for an explanation of this uh, of this experience, and th- actually, this uh, kind of ties into what we were talking about before when we were talking about personal experience. You know, mm-hmm. we can we can uh, you know you can believe somebody that they had that they have had this experience, right? And and so if you say, oh, this is what I saw, or this is you know I experienced this, I, I was there, uh, I saw Jamie. He turned towards the lake and he raised his hands and. He, <laughs> said in this booming voice, you know, <laughs> I command you to part in the name of Jesus Christ and blah, 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 or whatever else you'd say at the end of that. And and so I'd say, so this was my experience. And so then, but that where, where we need, where it gets a little bit tricky is then, okay, well, why, why do I feel like I had this experience? You know, mm-hmm. did I, did I hallucinate the thing? Am I misremembering what happened? Um, or, did Jamie really, did Jamie really do something to part the waters? Right. And if he did, then, you know, does that mean it was supernatural? I mean, I don't know about you, but I've seen David Copperfield on TV make the Statue of Liberty disappear. Now, I don't think that that was anything supernatural going right. on. But, and so, so we know that there's things that can happen uh, that do happen frequently uh, that could, you know, lead somebody to, have that kind of a memory or have that kind of an, of an experience. Right. And so do you feel like I'm being unreasonable for bringing that up or, no, you know, I, I'm no, still, I'm still not really sure of the, where the no, unreason comes into play. Here. No, because I'm, I'm just having a hard time finding anything, anything, no matter how crazy of a thought experiment where you would say, uh-huh. yeah, I, I would at that point, Jamie, I would have to admit that there's something other than, other than the supernatural that that that's sticking in my crawl because there's no way uh-huh. for me to um for me to to show our audience that okay um this is what he requested something akin to this uh it just seems like like if you said hey what would what would you, Jamie what would have to happen for you to believe that I drove over to your house and, mm-hmm. and I say a demonstration and you're like, well, how about I knock on your door? And I go, well, I could be hallucinating. And you go, well, well okay. how about I walk in and punch you in the face? Well, I could, it could be a real good hallucination. Okay. Like, there's no, Man, that's true. That is true. But is it reasonable? Yep. You would okay. say in that so, situation, you would say, no, Jamie, I don't think it's reasonable because. So do you I think whack that you in your you- face? <laughs> Do you think that sets up though a good baseline for us and, and say that if we want to if we want to believe that if we want to believe an explanation for uh, some kind of unusual experience, mm-hmm. we have to have enough evidence to show that that outcome is more likely that explanation is more likely than hallucination. I mean we have we, we have kind of a, a rough idea of you know I don't I'm not like I said, I'm not an expert in this field and so but I would say that, uh, we could at least come up with a ballpark figure of how often uh, a person would have a hallucination. You know, it would depend on the individual, of course. Um, 
And so we would have some, we, we would, that, I mean, don't you think that that's a good baseline? If you want to, if you want to just, if you want to prove to somebody that something is true, you have to, at the very least, at the very least show that your explanation is more likely than yeah, a hallucination. Ab- absolutely. But the problem I get into is that, um, is that there, there's no way for me to show that to you because you'll say, well, the supernatural, you know, we know that we know of natural things. We know hallucination exists, but we we, we don't see supernatural things happening. Um, well, then how, how can I show you that something supernatural happened? Well, you have to show me that it happens. It's like the circular well, of me. I can't. There's nothing I can show you. Is that so? Is that really a flaw in my epistemology or is that you just don't have the. You can't back up your claims. Well, that would be the case if we're just talking about, I guess, certain things. But what I'm giving you are extreme examples. Let me go on to my second mm-hmm. one to see if this okay. makes more sense. So let's right. let's say, uh, and you've heard this one before. So we're sitting, we go out to, to lunch. And, and, and in your mind, you're certain that we're out to lunch. This doesn't feel like a dream. This doesn't feel mm-hmm. like a, it could be, but it doesn't feel like it. Like this is a normal day. I come up, I meet your family. We go out to lunch. Okay. And while I'm there, some crazy guy comes in and chops my head off. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know why there's no backstory to this. Um, we're, they're just going to have to deal with that. This, this crazy story. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a very interesting there and is. lengthy story, story behind right. why this person wants to cut off your head. Uh, but for the time being, <laughs> right. let's just say he cuts my head. Jamie off gets it. his head cut off. And okay, like, all right. You're so. like, oh my gosh, Jamie's dead. Uh, I'm gonna have to find another podcast guy, right? So that's your first thought. No, I'd be sh- I'd be shouting that over my shoulder as I was running away. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd be like, <laughs> hey, anybody else gonna do a podcast? <laughs> so 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 my so you really believe that my head is severed now, and you're okay. you're still in the cafe there at you know for lunch, and, and you're in shock after about five minutes of just kind of sitting there. All of a sudden, my head, um. Is, is now back on my body without any mm-hmm. human intervention. And, okay. and I say, Scott, dude, uh, now, now I'm alive, right? I, Scott, listen, uh, I just died and I went to heaven mm-hmm. and I saw your grandmother there. And okay. your grandmother told me that on her deathbed, she told you this. And only she and you know this. You, she was the, you two were the only ones in the room. There's no okay. way I could know that. Okay. So now, mm-hmm. and then the question is, so at that point, would you at least believe that the supernatural exists or something other than nature exists? And at the time you said no. Right. And I, I shouldn't because you because you haven't shown that that anything you haven't shown that that conclusion, that that explanation is more likely than me hallucinating. In fact, uh, you know, I, I would suspect that the hallucination would also have to include the part where you told me about this secret that only I and my grandmother knew about. So how I was can imagining. I, but how, if we're doing this based upon odds, like how often things happen, uh-huh. then that would mean that nothing ever happens that is um, th- that is um, that seldom happens because 
the odds are that that wouldn't happen. It would be something else, something less extravagant because we know. Right. About so, that. so, so unless we have, unless we have, ev- unless we have stronger evidence, see, this is why, this is exactly why extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Sufficient because evidence. The, because, because the evidence for the extraordinary claim has to be, has to outweigh the more, much more common and mundane explanations that are already there. Right. I agree. I, but I, man, what, so I guess my, I guess my whole thing was, is that, is that I gave you something that at least in mm-hmm. my mind should mm-hmm. get you to change your mind. So I, I'm not trying to convince you at this point because I, I don't think you, obviously you've, you've given me kind of an explanation of why you wouldn't accept that. Mm-hmm. I want my audience to see that there isn't anything. There's nothing that I could present this. I've given I, I have given the absolute craziest. Wait, no, no, that's, no, that's not. You can't I, come to that conclusion. What you're going to say is, well, maybe it's something we haven't thought of. You're right. you're making your position. I am unable to defeat your position because you set it up in a way that is you're making it in advance unbeatable. You're saying I have no idea. No, I didn't. Well, listen, not at all. let me explain. You're saying I have no idea what it is that would convince me every crazy thing that you could possibly think of. I will just chalk up to hallucination. It doesn't matter yep, what it is. That is not that it, you're totally straw manning me there. So, so I didn't say anything like okay, that. Okay, so anything we could think of or anything that we have thought of presently. Right? No, I was only I was only referring to those examples. Okay, is there an example that you can give me that you would if all the stars I don't know. realigned? I don't know. I don't, I don't know and I don't have to know. It's not my responsibility to make your case. Right. It's your responsibility it's your to believe responsibility. things that you should believe. If you can show that they're more likely than no, the other right. mundane explanations. But you have to give me a way of showing that, and you don't. I don't have to give you jack shit. Well, but that's, it is your responsibility right, to come up with the way. If there's no way, what, what if, what what if, if the what explanation if is this? What if the explanation is you don't want there to be a way? And, well, just bear with me, and... It doesn't matter what evidence I give you. It doesn't matter what evidence you're going to say. No, I'm unconvinced no matter what. What if that okay, is the case? So that could be the case. That could very well be the case. Show me the evidence. Okay. When you get some evidence that's more likely that you can demonstrate is more likely than more mundane explanations, that's the time that you start start to believe but those you can't uh, even give extraordinary me, claims but you can't even give me it's not up to me it's not my responsibility okay don't put it on me don't put your failings in your no, argument oh, no, on me no listen let's, let's okay back up for just a because i don't know why just you're because upset. you i'm not upset just because you can't come up with uh, with an argument doesn't mean that i'm being unfair in any way at all okay so listen uh, again I, i'm not doing this for your benefit. I'm doing this for the benefit of my audience. I want my I want the right. audience to hear this. That that Scott in at least these two positions in these two examples of my going to his home and then us traveling, he thinks he it seems everything seems normal. I pardon Ocean in Jesus's name. And then I'll do it again even. I do it a couple of times. Just oh, okay, do it again. I do it again. Okay. You chalk that up to nope, not supernatural. Then we do. This. I wouldn't say nope, not supernatural. Would I would say it, I would say I have no reason to believe that it is supernatural. Right. Because because be, and here's the key. Here's I where the epistemology given, comes in. I haven't in. given you the evidence. It has no, to be more mundane. Be, 
Right. Because you haven't shown that it's more likely than other explanations. So how do we know then, like with other explanations that are less likely, we're able to give Mm -hmm. evidence that would. So, for instance, winning the Powerball, we've talked about that before. Like that's a that's that's pretty Big deal, like that. That the odds of winning the Powerball aren't aren't that great. But if I could show you right. the ticket, if I can, if we go down, if I show you the bag, the sports bag full of money, like those are different mm-hmm. things you could do that would right. show me that this crazy event actually took place. But we, in all of this, I, I am getting nothing. I, I am getting absolutely. And so, at no matter what I bring up, I feel like that. You can always claim I'm unconvinced. You haven't shown me the evidence. And and, and so oh. what I'm saying is that's the. Un- well, that's your feeling. That's the unreasonableness is that is that. But that's not my position. I've never said that. So you've just just because just because you feel like nothing you can give me would change my mind doesn't make that so. OK, so those two thought experiments that I gave, I uh-huh. I think that a reasonable person would go, dude. If you could do that, then I would at least believe in something other than nature. I would, to me, that would be reasonable. Like I said, that shows I'm, me a weakness in your epistemology. How so? You, you, so because it's because the explanation has not been shown to be more likely than other explanations. So you're telling me that, and super, so, you're, so you're, so you're taking, you're taking a less likely explanation for some reason. Over a more likely explanation. So you said that the only way to overcome that, right, is by providing extraordinary evidence. Correct? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what I thought I was doing with the thought experiment. It's pretty extraordinary when you part a, 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 a Lake Superior in Jesus's name. It's pretty extraordinary when my head gets cut off. And then gets reapplied, and I tell you a secret that only you and your grandmother know. That mm-hmm. seems to me pretty extraordinary. So, basically, you're telling me is, yeah, you. But, but, but that's that's not the information that I have, though. The information that I have is that I have this memory of this thing happening. That's my evidence. Okay, that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. That's why that's why I'm comparing to you know memory issue or hallucination because those are things that we know happen. No, so I'm talking. We know, right? We know that those things happen. And so you're okay? saying and the only even, reason, even, the only way that I can, the only way that you would believe that it was something other than hallucination would be for me in this particular case to bring extraordinary evidence because hallucinations happen. That's seemingly mundane compared to this other thing that happened. Right. So you're saying that. Or, yeah. So you, so you'd need to, so you'd need to show that the explanation you're providing is more likely than other explanations. And so if you can't do that, then but, I have no reason to accept that explanation. But what I'm saying is, is there's no way for me to show that that you would accept it if that were the case. Those are your words, not mine. OK, so I gave you two really crazy thought experiments. Those are like probably the mm-hmm. craziest I could think of. And okay. if those wouldn't be convincing, I'm not saying okay. there, there isn't any, but listen, when the rubber meets the road, at some point you have to say, well, would anything, is there anything that would change this guy's mind? And at some point you have to go, well, th- this seems completely unreasonable because everything that I've offered, even the most crazy thing that I've offered 
He said, no, mm-hmm. it, it's not it's not extraordinary enough. And so you could always just say, well, not extraordinary enough. Not extraordinary. That I, evidence is I, I can't enough. always say that. Yes, you I can. can't always say According I to your epistemology, that, you can. I can say that if the explanation you're providing is less likely than other explanations. Because, I feel like I'm talking to a wall here. Let okay, so let me let me give you an example here. Okay. Let let me give you an example okay. of what I'm talking about. So let's say I have a, a, a bag of, of coins, right? And let's say there's a thousand coins in there. And, and they're all and, and let's just for the sake of, uh, of argument here, let's just assume that they're fair coins, me- meaning that they're, you know, 50 50 chance of coming up heads or tails. Um, so out of and out of those thousand coins, um, one of them is a two headed coin. OK, mm-hmm. so there's a thousand coins in this bag. They're all fair coins, 50 50 each side. Uh, one of the thousand coins is double headed and the rest of them are just regular coins, heads on one side, tails on the other. Okay, and so so, and you mix them all up. You know, you 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 count them out. And maybe you made the bag, right? So you maybe maybe you put them in the bag. Um, maybe I don't even know there's a double-headed coin in there. Okay, so so you mix them all up, and I come up and without without looking, I just stick my hand in the bag. I say I or before I even put my hand in the bag, I say heads, and then I reach in the bag and I flip it, and it comes up heads. Okay, so what would be the most sensible explanation for what just happened? That you grabbed uh, just a regu- one of the regular coins and you flipped it and it happened to land on heads. And why is that the best explanation? Because there's, there's 999 extra of the regular coins. Right. It's way more likely for that to happen. And, and okay. And so what about the explanation if I said um, I can supernaturally manipulate coin flips and that right there is just evidence that I just did. I said heads. I flipped the coin and it came up heads just as I predicted. Right. So. And so. So do you think that would be a good explanation? Then would you accept that? Exp- would you accept that explanation based off of this evidence? No, but I can give you but I can give you a way that then I would believe you. I would say, you know what? Tell you what, just take one coin out of that bag and flip it 10,000 times. If they all end up heads, then I'll believe you. And so what is the probability of getting 10,000 heads in a row? A, a lot. Probably a lot like the fine-tuning of the universe. <laughs> well, it's, it's two to the power of 10,000, <laughs> right? Two to, the, two to the power of 10. Okay, so let me, let me continue. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back to, your, to your, uh, you know, your side comment there with the, with the 10,000 flips. So I, I flip it once. Uh, you say, rightly so and reasonably so, that it's probably just random chance, right? If you pick any coin mm-hmm. out of there, you have a 50-50 chance right. uh, of, of flipping heads. Right. I, I have a slightly more than 50% chance of flipping heads because one of the coins has two heads on it, okay? And so so you're saying probably it was just a 50-50 shot, so probably it was just, you know, random chance, okay? So what if I take that same coin then, I just, I just called heads and I flipped it once, and it came up heads. What if I flip it again? Same coin. Yeah. I flip it again. It comes up heads again. Are you convinced now that I, I can no, but I, psychically manipulate? I gave you a way. Do it 10,000 times in a row. Okay. All right. I'm getting I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. But but for this one, though, two heads in a row, are you convinced no. that anything supernatural is going nope. on? Probably not. No. That's 25% chance of right. that happening with any coin, right? right? Yep. Um, and so if I flip 11 heads in a row... Nope. Okay, so there's a, 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 a one in, is it like 2,000, 
something like right. 2056 or something like that. So what do you think is the best explanation for what just happened? If I, if I pulled a coin out, I said heads, I flip 11 heads in a row. What do you think is the best explanation for that? It's just that is that's it, just how it is happens. it random? Is it just random chance? Yep. Is it, you probably got the double headed coin or no, probably random is it, chance. you got, you got psychic. Probably random okay, chance. Okay. Well, actually, actually in this case, there's a one in a thousand chance of me picking the, the double headed coin. Mm-hmm. And there's a one in 2000 chance right. of flipping 11 heads in a row. So in this case, for that, for that particular uh, part of the example, it's actually more likely that I got the double headed oh, coin. What do you know? Cause randomly flipping 11 heads in a row is less likely than the one in 1000 chance okay. of me getting, actually it's about a one in 2000 chance. Cause really the double headed coin would have already had one head on it. And right. so, and so, so I'd have to pick out that coin and then flip what would have been a tails. So, right. So, but, but in, in any case, you're, you're getting the idea here though, is that, okay, if, if it's less likely that I randomly flip, so that's when we switch, that's when we switch. Now the evidence has become extraordinary enough to justify the seemingly less likely uh, explanation. Okay. Flipping one head in a row, you're not impressed. Right. Two heads in a row, you're right. not impressed. Eleven heads in right. a row. Okay, now we switch. Your, now the best explanation is he probably got the double-headed coin. I get it. But now you said 10,000 heads in a row. Right. Okay. So, 10,000 heads in a row is way, 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 way less likely um, than... Um, but then I still have that one in a thousand chance uh, that I picked out the double-headed coin. Okay. And so it wouldn't make sense to believe that I can psychically manipulate the coin unless I can provide some kind of evidence that, um, but that there, that it was not the double, that it's more likely that than the double headed so coin. I get that. Let me, let me interrupt here because I understand what you're saying. My frustration lies when, when you say, you say, well, this natural thing is more likely to happen than this supernatural thing that I don't believe exists. The only way for you to show me that the supernatural thing exists is to make it mm-hmm. more probable, like like to make it happen more often than this other natural mm. thing, right? More well, it doesn't necessarily have to happen more often. It, you just maybe you have some other kind of observation. For example, um, let's go back with the eleven coin flips. Okay, so that's so after eleven heads in a row, that's when we switch over to no, no, no. It's probably. The, uh, the double head. It's probably the double headed coin. Right. Okay. So, so, so that we, we shifted our, our, our explanation, our most right. likely explanation because of the probabilities. But what if then I give you some additional evidence to say, well, actually, it can't be the double headed coin because when you weren't looking, I took the double headed coin out. Here's the bag of coins. Check it. Right. And you check all 10,000 coins and you see that there are no coins in there mm-hmm. and I pull out here's the double headed coin that right. you had that you put in there I actually snuck it out you didn't notice I'm kind of a sly guy and so um, and so then so that's additional information that would say oh well it wasn't you know it now it's even less likely that it was right. so that shifts the balance back to the to the other explanation right. and and so but it seems that's like my, ta- it seems like my explanation though isn't even in even isn't even in contention. I know you call yourself a methodological naturalist, but uh-huh. to me, when the rubber meets the road, uh, it, it seems to me that you rule out the supernatural in advance because there will always be 
always be a, a natural, a, a more um, or a, a natural. There always could be a more. A, a, what am I trying to say here? A natural explanation will always be more likely because there's always going to be a defeater, because right? Supernatural explanations are, 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 are you obviously don't even think that, any have ever occurred. But even if even if as a Christian, I didn't say that. Well, I just said, even, I don't know. Even as a Christian, I would say they happen like miracles and things like happen way less than because if they happen all the time, they wouldn't be a miracle. That's kind of by very definition. Right. So, but my point is, right. is you're saying, well. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to believe the natural thing until you show me evidence of the supernatural. But that evidence right there you just showed me, it can't be supernatural because natural things happen. I didn't say you're putting words in my mouth. Okay. I didn't say it can't be supernatural. It's not. It's, but what you're saying is you would not believe. It's less likely. You it's, would not since believe. that explanation is less likely. So right. think about what I did in the coin example now. I didn't do any, I didn't change any of my explanation other than showing you that it couldn't be the double headed coin. So if I say could have been a hallucination, could have been a memory, then you could, then if you wanted stronger evidence, okay, then maybe you could take out a video cassette and say, here, this is this is this is a video of me doing it, and it's not relying oh, on. Okay, perfect. On all right, it's not relying on. Okay, uh, your memory or your hallucination. All right, listen. Okay, now, hold on, hold on. We're getting somewhere now. So 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 let's say that I videotape it using five different uh -huh. video cameras and ten different right. people running it off different power sources, and so mm -hmm. you see it, you experience it. I do it several times in a row in Jesus's name. We have uh -huh. video evidence of it as well from five uh -huh. different angles, five different DVDs or whatever. At that uh -huh. point, would you say, well, it seems to me that that maybe there is something supernatural? Possibly. Okay. I, I, would, I, would, I would certainly <laughs> have to consider it. Okay. That's, see, the, that, that, see, that was my that's been my whole point is that. I see. It seems that I've now. I see what you're saying about the hallucination. Okay, like I was trying. I couldn't, for the life of me, find a, a, a thought experiment in which you would say, "Well, yeah, man, I don't know, but yeah, that that it could be." Like for the life of me, I couldn't think of one. And it seems to me that we should be able to do that, given um, not necessarily given our experience, but like. If, if the, if, yeah, given our experience, but if I don't have any experience of the supernatural, you can't expect me to come up with a supernatural explanation. You can't, you can't, you can't expect me. You but know, see if, how if that you're trying, rules if you're it out in advance. We, I've no, it doesn't, but it, it doesn't rule it out. I didn't say it rules it out, but what it does is it, is it makes, it's a very difficult road to hoe there. But and that, and, and that and should I'm, be I'm expected. I understand. And I like, I think if I we're trying to you. show, if we're trying to show that the supernatural exists, we can't begin by assuming that the super, that it, we, we don't even know if the supernatural could be an explanation. Right. So I, we I would do say, know, uh, right. We do know that other things could be the explanation. That's true. That's true. But then we get so far past, well, this could be a naturalistic experience. And like I said, when we, I now brought in the video cameras, like, so like we're, I'm, I'm, I'm that would rule out hallucinations. I'm just, okay. Perfect. That's all I'm looking for. I'm just trying to, and find then I'd out. probably say, Oh, it might've been special effects. And then you'd kick me in the nuts and start crying. <laughs> 
I don't know if I kick you in the nuts. You're the one with the the taekwondo. No, you training. Yeah, I'm too fast for you. I, I would have to hit you from behind and have a getaway car. So <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I would lose that fight. Maybe you egg my house or something. Right. Okay, that's more reasonable. So that. Okay. So do you? Do you at least see from my perspective what I was trying to do and what I was trying to um, why it, why it's so frustrating? And, and I hate when you say, well, that's just because your lack of burden. You know, that's just because your lack of bringing the evidence because right. because I wasn't talking about the evidence I gave for the resurrection or the fine tuning or any of that stuff. I was like t- going to a different pool of evidence and saying just for a thought experiment, let's take this extraordinary evidence over here. And what I was hearing from you is that's not extraordinary enough. That's not extraordinary. And it enough. wasn't. That's not extraordinary. And it enough. wasn't. I know. But what I was asking is what would be? Because it seems to me that, that, that if I don't know and if our audience has no idea what that thing would be that would convince you, that makes it harder for us to believe that you could be convinced. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And that doesn't bother me at all. If, if you know, if, as long as I can justify what I said, I, it doesn't bother me if somebody doesn't believe me. Okay. And, and, and just, and so, and so my, my, my point here though, is that it's not, it's not up to me to have to come up with an example of what would be extraordinary enough. I, I understand that, but doesn't it seem like, um, don't you think, I, I don't know, like, I've given you what I think is a p- pretty good way of falsifying my belief. And I think that that's fair to be able to give you okay. what I think would uh, convince me to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just hard for me to believe that you can't think of anything or that you haven't thought of anything right. that that okay. would convince you of the supernatural. To me, that that seems very close-minded. So, so that could be the case. I could certainly be closed-minded and maybe not even realize it. Maybe I do realize it and I just don't give a fuck, okay? <laughs> but but maybe maybe I don't know. But it also and and tell me if you agree with this, it also could be that your your uh, position is much more easily falsified. And so that way, and so that's why it's easier for you to come up with examples of what might falsify it, because common everyday things could falsify it. Um, yeah, it's possible. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, then that's possible. And, Let me ask and you so, this. so all I'm all I'm saying, all I'm saying is, if you want to show, if you want to show me that an extraordinary explanation, uh, you know, explains a particular set of observations, right. then you need to show me that that extraordinary explanation is more likely than other possible explanations. Okay, well, at least now I have, at least now I have some kind of idea because, so, so let me ask you another thing. What if I were to say, hey, Scott, I'm going to clap my hands and I'm going to rearrange the Milky Way galaxy and it's going to say, uh, it's going to say uh, Yahweh uh, or, the, or the Jesus of the Bible is, is God and I'm real. Uh-huh. And I come over to your house and we get a telescope and I clap my hands and the stars all rearrange. And after you see it, you're like, holy great mother of Mary. And then after that, like cables, news networks everywhere are like something c- catastrophic just happened in the skies. And, and they're seeing it from all different parts of the globe. 
at mm-hmm. that point, would you think that it's it's probably more likely than not that that was some kind of extra natural event? I would have no reason to think that it's more likely to be that. But again, I wouldn't necessarily rule it out. So that specified complexity of of stars doing something that that we really don't see, namely completely mm-hmm. go out of orbit. Well, and, well, see, that's the thing. We don't necessarily know that the stars are actually doing anything. We do know that that's what we're seeing. Yeah. So see, see how this is getting to the point of like, boy, that seems extraordinary to me. And when I'm also getting, you know, uh, news agencies saying this, other um, uh, cosmologists are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it mm-hmm. says Jesus of the Bible is God and I'm real. Um, right. And, and they do other tests and they, they send out. Uh, you know, other things. So they get past the atmosphere. So there's no, you know, they use the Hubble telescope. So it's clear there's no interference from mm-hmm. our atmosphere. And they go, yeah, this is what it says. Th- this okay. Canis Majoris Niner Fiver moved and this other star moved and these other things, they actually physically moved and to, to spell this out. That specified complexity wouldn't lead you to believe, okay, then th- th- this, this can't be natural cause or Less likely to no, be a natural cause. I, I, I can I can actually come up with a fairly likely explanation of that. You bribed a couple dozen scientists to fake it, and and even fake your your eyes seeing it. You go by your own telescope. You go to Mount whatever there in. I, I already told you. I saw David Copperfield make the Statue of Liberty disappear. I'm not I'm not all that concerned about somebody being able to fool. You know, I know that that can happen. That I can be fooled. But you, but you were saying that you know it's backed up by all these scientists. You know, what, what if you just bribed everybody and you? What if you just did a trick for me and made made it look like that in my backyard? Right, but then you left. Then, you left. You went to Hawaii. You went up on the mountain. Uh-huh. You looked through that telescope. You didn't tell me you were doing this. You, you went to other places around the world and viewed through your own telescopes, um, and 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 saw all these things. All, all of those things. All of those things you said would make me second guess. Would make me second guess. Okay, well, yeah, that seems that seems pretty unlikely that he could have bribed, you know, a billion people or what, right. you know, whatever, okay. you know. And, and so we're going to get to a point where where that starts to stretch. That doesn't necessarily mean that you've shown supernatural is more likely than than any of these unlikely things that we've just come up with. Okay, so again, this is one of those things where I want my audience to see that that. <laughs> It doesn't. It, it seems to me that no matter what is presented, um, that it could just be a natural thing, and it doesn't matter how crazy okay. it is. It doesn't matter how. Uh, although, I, although I think we did make some headway earlier with, with you saying, "Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I think if that happened, then you could rule that out at least. At least I got you to admit that we are able to rule certain things out." But what I'm saying is, is right. you're saying I would need you to sh- provide me something with extraordinary. And then I do. And you say, well, it's not extraordinary enough because there's a one in five trillion, billion, trillion, trillion, trillion that it could be a natural explanation. And since I've never seen anything supernatural, I'm going to have to say. I didn't put that number on it. I know. But what I'm saying is, is this is what I think. It it could be a trillion, 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 trillion to one. But since that's still a natural thing and I've never seen a supernatural one, so I'm going to have to go with a naturalistic explanation. So it seems to me that like you, you'll never accept the supernatural explanation until 
there's evidence for it, but there's not enough evidence for it until we, we know what happens. And so it's like this circular there's there's no way to No, it's not circular at all. It's not circular at all. And the example that I gave you before about how you can rule out hallucination okay. is a perfect example. Okay. Before you were like, well, it could always be hallucination. You can always bring that up. And I said, Well, here's something you could do to to, to set that aside. There are things that you could do to set it to to show that you didn't bribe anybody. There's things that you could do to show that there was okay. not a canopy hanging over my backyard. There's things that you can do to if at the very least, if I can come up with a natural explanation, then that's the one you're going to you go have, And no, if I can even come up with something that's possible, yeah, okay, that that we at least know it can happen, that would have to be ruled out. You before you, you don't you don't think that you don't think that gives it a higher a priori uh, probability uh, over something that we don't even know if it's possible. Well, no, what I'm talking about is, and even if it's even if it's possible, it's only happened once ever. What do you mean? No, if the supernatural is real, then it's it's then other things have happened way more. Well, I mean, I've never seen the stars arrange what you said. Okay, so that event. Yeah. So right, like same thing with the fine tuning, right? So we have super super. Uh, there there are certain things that seem to be in cosmology to be super extraordinary, um, but it could always possibly be something natural. Yeah, it, I didn't say it always could possibly be something well, natural. In, in the, what I'm saying is, in the case, of what the I'm saying is that I I I agree that it's exceedingly difficult to show, and and I have no idea how you would show how you would demonstrate the supernatural. But again, that's not my problem. Okay, well, okay? that's you're, right, well, that's fine. You're the one who shouldered that I get burden, it. I get that it. huge burden. Okay, and so and and so it's not. I mean, you can complain that I'm just. Well, here's the thing, though. Right. You say that I can't unless you unless you can show why that what I'm doing is unreasonable. Well, but, you haven't even come close. You haven't even touched it. Well, see, but that's the thing that. Well, now what we're boiling down to is, well, I'm not convinced uh, by your evidence. And I say, well, the evidence is convincing for these reasons. And you're like, no, it's not for these reasons. So it's a stalemate. That's not what's happened. So it's a stalemate. That's not what's happened. It's not just me saying I just don't believe. And you say, well, you should believe. And here's the reasons. It's the actual the flip side of that. I'm the one saying, I don't think that's convincing. And here's why. And you are just saying, well, I think it's convincing, no, and then walk that's away. That's not true. I don't do that. That's Yeah, that's what you're doing today. No, that's not why I'm doing it let, today. Let's look, let's, look back, let's look back at what you called good epistemology. Right. Okay, you said it's good epistemology if you could show some kind of internal contradiction with the nature and essence of God, or if you could show that the evidence doesn't support the resurrection right. like of Jesus. If you show me the bones of Jesus, and you're able to genetically say, okay, yeah, this is Jesus' DNA, right, right then that— that to me is would be good evidence to refute uh, Christianity. That right there yeah. is my exact epistemology. If you could show me some kind of internal con uh, contradiction with with my position, or if you could show that the evidence does support the supernatural, then I would find it compelling. But the problem is, is I can give you specific examples, and all you'll say to that, well, it's not my fault that I can't do your no. job and my job too. You know, you, you can give me specific examples, but you can't show that those specific explanations are more no, likely than saying, the other explanations that are available. No, what I'm saying is I can give you specific things that would falsify my position with yours. It's so vague that 
no matter what I give you, you could always say but that's, that's has not nothing, enough. Right. But I that's know. not because that's my epistemology. That's because the, the thing that you're trying to prove is so foreign, is so is so unknown to or us. Or you're being unreasonable. <laughs> so how how have you shown how have you shown that the supernatural is more likely than some of the other explanations? Okay, so first, I mean, are you talking about in our previous discussions or tonight? In any situation, so like, in any case, in any example that you're so talking like, about. Well, again, if you're going to say I'm I'm going to accept the natural explanation unless you give me extraordinary evidence, that extraordinary evidence has to be. Um, something akin to what we talked about parting in. At least you gave me that tonight. At least you gave mm -hmm. me that tonight. I mean, I'll, I'll right. grant you that. So I showed you how to do it. Okay, so I'm going to come up there and part that ocean in Jesus' name, and I'm going to get a bunch of people to record it, and then you'll be so, a believer? So show me. So tell me how that would make it more likely than a natural explanation. How the... the okay, well, we would say that we... How often do we see oceans part? Never. Okay. Um, let's say there was zero wind at the time. Okay. Let's okay. say that there's no fault line. Uh, they set up the old seismograph. There's nothing shaken. Everything's calm. Let's okay. say that we have the video cameras rolling from different angles, different people. You, mm -hmm. you said, hey, I want this videographer and this guy and this guy. And this. You picked out your crew. Okay. And okay. then we're able to do that. At that point, it seems reasonable to imply that, well, we can rule out earthquake. Parting so how does ocean. that make it more likely than other explanations? Because we're able to rule out natural explanations this way. We could say it's... You're able to rule out some specific natural explanations. And here's where we go. Here's where you go back to the, well, it could be an unknown natural. That would, that's just not fair. I didn't say that. Well, I, I'm, I'm telling you how I'm ruling out all these things. I'm saying... Okay, we're ruling out earthquake. Okay, we're ruling out winds parting the thing. We're ruling out hallucination. So I'm showing you I'm ruling out all these things, okay? Mm -hmm. So at, at, at some point, you'd have to say, well, yeah, if you've, if you've ruled out these, these naturalistic explanations, then there's nothing left. Then there's nothing left so except it, for unknown so natural or the supernatural. And the unknown natural is just as much a, a faith position as the supernatural at that point. Only if I'm asserting that, right? Only, only if I'm saying that's what I believe. Yeah. If you go, if you, well, but if I say, if I say no, that wasn't supernatural. It was an unknown natural cause. Yes. Or I, I still think. And do I do I ever say that kind of thing? I think it would still be hard for if you if I think it would be hard for me if all that happened and you said, well, maybe I'm just not convinced. I, I to me that's a stretch. And I, I Rick, well, it. Yeah, because you but because we still don't even know if supernatural is even possible. See, we can't know if supernatural is possible till I show you it's possible. I didn't. But no, I can't show you it's don't possible. Don't put words in my mouth. I didn't say we can't know. You, but it's practically. Would you speaking. fucking listen to me? I said Scott, we don't know. Yeah, practically speaking, there's no Quit way. Putting words in my mouth. Scott, that's your fault. No, you chose the hard no, thing to defend. No, you chose the hard no, thing to defend, no, not me. You're being unreasonable. You're being, listen, there's no way. You're being ridiculous. There's no way for me to falsify your position. None. 
I, I will say it. I will say it right now. There's no way for me to falsify Scott's position because no matter what I say, he's going to appeal to a naturalistic explanation. I'm just going to say what it. position. What position am I holding that is not falsifiable? Naturalism. There's no way I could rule out naturalism to you. There's no way. Nothing I can there's do. There's no way that you could rule out naturalism? There's no way that I could show that this also the there's no way I could show you that there isn't just the natural, that there's also a possible supernatural. I, I don't when, I don't believe that's you, possible. You're, you're, you're coming to that conclusion based on based what? Based upon because you haven't been able to do it so far. No, based upon the fact that I've that I in my audience has heard some of the thought experiments that I've given that that should convince you. I'm just going to say it. That but, but, should be convincing. My audience is going to go. Why? My audience is going to go. Hell yeah! If you part a notion in Jesus's name, I'll believe that. I think most reasonable people would believe that, especially when I go on to say, "Okay, we have cameramen all around. We have all this stuff going on." I try to rule out every. I get seismographs. <laughs> like I do all these things. There's nothing I can show you that where you would be like, "Oh yeah, it's supernatural." You 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 are very quick to go from I can't do it to it can't be done. Um, well, again, I'm giving you a thought experiment that is of the most extreme type. So unless you want that you can think right, of. Yeah. So there you go. You appeal to the mystery. Appeal to mystery. That's a faith position. No, I appeal to your lack no, of evidence. You appeal to mystery. And you could keep doing that. I didn't say that. I never said that word. That was your word. Again, that was your it word. Is because that's what it is. You're saying unknown natural <laughs> or we can't think of it. We can't think of it. So there you go. You could say that forever. You, it doesn't matter what I bring. You could just keep saying that. So what you have to do then is to think. No, what I have to do is nothing. I can't do anything to convince you. You're unconvincible at this point. Oh, okay. Well, that's going to make the rest of our discussions a lot easier if it's true. <laughs> what, that you can't be convinced? Yeah. Why? We, 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 we go back and forth all the time. Doesn't mean we're not going to go well, back you, and forth. You, you, you don't believe I can be convinced. So mean that, why would you bother? Well, because there's other people that need to hear this. I think other people hear the podcast <laughs> and go, you know what? That seems reasonable to me. Jamie, if you could do that, I think I would get on board with the supernatural because that, that's pretty ex extraordinary. Well, then their epistemology is as weak as yours is. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll let our audience decide then. Because so, so what? So what you have to do, and here, here I'm telling you, I'm, I'm hand holding you here through this. <laughs> you have to show that your supernatural explanation yeah. is more likely than other explanations. And how do I do that? I don't know. That's your responsibility. Don't put that burner proof on me. <laughs> right? Who's getting upset right? now? I'm not getting up. Look, I'm not upset. Yeah, I'm. I'm not upset, Scott. I'm just saying it's a broken record. This is a broken record. I cannot... so you think it would sink in eventually, no. and maybe you'd realize, oh yeah, that is my responsibility. Oh, yeah, but I'm if... making the claim. I'm making the claim. I have to come up with the evidence. It's not up to the other person to tell me what to but do. We're talking about what just because should, I don't know what should be convincing. What should right if. You, it, it, if you can't show that it's more likely than other explanations, then it should not be convincing. But I can't show you. It's Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? Just that part? Yes. It, okay. It, but I can't ever show you. At least I haven't been able to. And I don't think there's okay. any, in my opinion, I don't think okay. there's anything that I could show you that would make you believe that the supernatural is even a possibility. At that point, so how can I show you? Well, I already I already think that the supernatural is a possibility. Well, but 
or at least could be a possibility. What I mean, though, is that I, I haven't ruled it out. Well, for practically, I think you have. For practical purposes, I think you've rolled that out because what you're going to say is natural, unknown natural. Uh, uh, and that's what you're going to say. You're going to say you have to show me it's more likely, more likely than these naturalistic explanations. But I can't show you that because I can't even get into this this circular cyclical death cycle here of you have to show me something is reasonable uh, or that would happen more. Well, why don't why don't you just do it then instead of complaining about it? Why don't you just give an give an argument on why the supernatural explanation is more likely? Why don't you just do that rather than accusing me of setting the bar too high? And you know, <laughs> why don't you why don't you just because get become a better jumper? Well, well th- that would be like telling a baby who can't walk to be a better runner. Why? What, because what, what, I, what, I, what, I, what I, I don't get that connection. What I'm saying is, is I cannot convince you, not because of the evidence, but because you are unconvincible. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's my fault. Oh, I, I'm I, saying I don't it's think your fault. I don't think that at no, all. I know you don't, and that's why I'm saying we're going to let our audience decide. What I'm saying is, I've given these two extreme examples of something that should convince somebody. This will. Oh, they. they but you haven't shown how they're more likely than other explanations. Because. And by and by and you agreed that if you don't show that it's more likely than other explanations, that you shouldn't believe but I it. Shouldn't have to rule everything out, right? But what? All you have to do is show that they're more likely than other explanations. I feel like a fucking but, broken record here. If, you have to show that they're more likely than other explanations. But nothing if you don't can be do more that, likely than if, the natural. If you, because the, we if know that, the natural exists, and you don't believe in the supernatural, and so there's that circle again. We can't. I can't ever get into that circle. I didn't say it was going to be easy. It's impossible, Scott. It's not not going not to be no, hard. That's, it's that's, impossible. Practically speaking, right. it's impossible. <sighs> For you. For anybody to convince what, somebody what? Okay, at this so, extreme. This is extreme skepticism. So in one so what thing. so you you think that I should accept explanations that are less likely to show to as like a an olive branch, you know, just to show that, you know, okay, we can have a conversation. No, what, is no, that- what I'm saying though is is that it we we have I have obviously a reasonable expectation of being able to rule other explanations out. I understand that I do. However, right. I thought that I've given you examples of things where it would be very extreme to say, okay, that's a hallucination or Okay, yeah, I must have just eaten a bad potato because. Right. Very extreme doesn't tell me anything. Very extreme just tells me it's very unlikely. It's, you know it's what? extraordinary. No matter how, it's extraordinary. No matter, what you ask for. No matter, how, no matter how unlikely something is, there's always things that are way less likely. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Unless it's impossible. Right. Yeah. Right. Then, you know, that's the bottom of the yeah, barrel. Right. But we're not talking about things that have been ruled out. At least I'm not ruling out anything. I know you've said that I have. Practically but you speaking. Haven't demonstra- practically speaking. You haven't, sh- you haven't shown that I've ruled out anything unreasonably. With, with the exception of giving you two. Again, this is for our audience to decide. With the exception of, with the exception <laughs> of, listen, I know you say you haven't ruled why, it out. Why are you appeal? Why, why are you, why do you keep saying that? Why don't you just show it? Why don't you just show me the money? Because it's, why don't you it's just impossible. do it? That's like you say, that's it's, why don't you show me that it's impossible? 
Because I, I, I just have. I've given you thought experiments that should you convince said, you've you. Shown that I did, you've shown that those t- you didn't show how, why those two ex- experiments should convince me. You didn't show that. You didn't show okay, so didn't why. I, didn't I say, well, you could rule out, um, you could rule out with the parting of the ocean in Jesus' name. You can rule out um, an earthquake because we had a seismograph. You can rule out the winds parting the ocean because, you know, there was no wind right then. We could, we could say that there... What are you doing? I'm counting the things that you've ruled okay, out. So, so exactly. We're going to end okay. up getting to a point to where you're going to say, well, uh, it could be an unknown natural thing that's causing that. And you have to rule that out. I have no way in hell of knowing how you rule out an unknown natural because we don't even know what it is. Right. Okay. You would, you right. would appeal. Would you not appeal to the unknown natural before you would the supernatural? Depends on the so situation. So if I got my head cut off, that that thought experiment, would you appeal to something unknown natural before you would appeal to the supernatural? I would I would say that was way more likely that I just dreamed the whole thing okay. and thought it was so a real something dream. Natural. So what what if it was recorded? Okay, then I'd rule that okay, out. Okay, so would you at that point appeal to the unknown natural or would you say, yeah, it's supernatural? Then I, you know, I, I'd get to a point where I'd probably say, I don't know what happened. So you would never admit it. Well, at least it seems like this point, you would never admit to it being a supernatural. You would just say, I don't know. To me, that's unreasonable. Because that's true. To me, that's unreasonable. Because that's true. Because you haven't shown that supernatural is even possible, much less right. more likely than can't. other explanations. And I can't because you won't accept anything as being supernatural. And so I can't. That's not what I said. No, that's what I'm that's saying. That's not what that's I said. What I'm saying. That's what your oh, epistemology well, is. No, I'm not. You oh. are saying. Yeah, you are. No, you are saying that you have to show me. Hey, I I get to choose my my epistemology. Uh, you, I don't think you'd appreciate me telling you well, what you believe. Right, but I think that we could practically say that your words are betraying you, Scott. Your words are betraying. How are they you betraying? Because you're saying, you? "Oh, yeah, I'm open. I'm open. Just show me the supernatural exists, and then I give you." Give me one. Give me one example. Where you've shown that supernatural explanations are more likely than anything else. I gave you two that should convince. You, but they they d- should convince. That's not on me. That's on you. Uh, okay. You, it's your job How? to be convinced. No. It's my job. How? How did you show that they are more likely than other it's explanations? It's my job to provide convincing arguments. It's your job to be convinced by them. I gave you two uh de- I gave you two demonstrations, and I, I listen, I'm trying to rule out. Give me a list of things I have to rule out, and then I will give you a thought experiment in which I show how we rule all those out. Then would you say the supernatural exists? Did you show me how you showed that the supernatural explanation is more likely than other explanations? Okay, so let's do this. Your your argument, your argument shouldn't have anything to do with what I think. So let's do this. Let's do this. All right. So let's do the parting an ocean in Jesus' name. What we're going for here is for your okay. admission that this, uh, yeah, it's got to be something something other than nature. That That's what you need to admit at this point, okay? So let's... Okay, I, so you need to show so me, you need ocean. to show me okay. why it's more likely. Okay, I part, that, okay. I part that ocean, right? It's it's okay. videotaped, right? What else do I need to okay. rule out? What else? You tell me what else I need to rule out. Everything else tell me, that's natural. Tell me what it is. Okay, tell me. Let's go down the list. It would be natural minus 
hallucination. Okay, so, but what I'm saying is, is let's say I do that. Let's say that I, okay, it was recorded, so we can rule out hallucination. Uh, if, let's if say, you, okay. So, let's say, let's, uh, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Okay, you, let, let, I interrupted Let's say you. that, uh. Let's let, let's say that we had the seismograph. Let's say that we had the the wind thing to show there was no wind. Let's say we had multiple witnesses on multiple sides. Let's say we have boom, 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 and on down and on down and on down. Okay. So at that point, would you say, well, I I, I still don't know. If you show me that, if you show me that it can't be anything natural. Which is not what happened in these in so, your two examples. But what I'm saying is, but what if, example could I uh, give you? Let me you? finish. Right. I let you right, finish. You're right. you're right. Go ahead. If you can show me that it could not be a natural explanation, then I would say, yeah, it has to be something not natural. No matter how extraordinary that natural thing would have to be, right? So that natural thing could be if one you, if you showed that it, billion. So it has to be logically impossible. You, if you showed that it can't be anything natural, mm-hmm. then I would accept that it's not natural. But it, that, at that point, it would have to be logically impossible, right? Because no matter what, you could always say, well, there's a chance, even if it's a 10 trillion to the yeah, 10 you, trillion power. Obviously, yes, you would have to rule it out. You would have to, you would have to say it can't Completely. be that. Okay, so to me, that seems unreasonable. You are going to accept, accept. Why is because that? Because you're going to accept every single natural explanation, regardless of the probability. I didn't say I was accepting those explanations. I'm saying if you can't rule them out, then you can't show that your explanation is more likely. I could show it's more likely. I just might not be able to show that it is. You certain, have, no, right? you can't. You, right? you, 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 wait, say that again. So. So why can't I show that it is just more likely? I'm not saying to show it for certainty. Why can't I just show that mm-hmm. it's more likely than this natural event? Right. So I yeah, that's all. That's all you need to do. Oh, easy. That's all. And you you haven't you haven't even come close to that. <laughs> in any of, so in any of my thought experiments, I haven't even come close to that. Not even okay, close. So I want my listen. You, you've ruled out two or three possible explanations. So I want our audience to, to hear this. The, 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 and listen, <laughs> is it, ooh, here comes the big gotcha moment. No, okay, let's no, hear. No, it's not a gotcha moment. It's just the fact that this should convince a reasonable person. Sa- Why should it convince I. a reasonable says, person? At this point, says I. I've given you something extraordinary. Okay. You asked for extraordinary uh-huh. claims, require extraordinary evidence. I just provided something damn extraordinary. Okay. And I think most people okay. would agree with that, and most people would be convinced by that. If you're not, that's fine. Uh, Okay, yeah. but by the way, notice that I've been asking you why, 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 and you're just ignoring me no, and, and I, running I over that. When reasons. before you said, no, I'm the one who I, says I why. Gave, you're the one who stops thinking. I gave thinking, you reasons. Right? I gave you reasons. When you said, why okay. should you Why should you accept those? And I gave... No, what I'm asking is, why do you say it's more likely right? a supernatural explanation than any other possible explanation? Because we've ruled out these naturalistic explanations. Because you've ruled out two or three well, of possible but, natural explanations. But, there, but would you say that there is a possibility that something natural could happen, but it's so unlikely to be impossible? You're, you're still right? you're dodging my question. No, you're dodging I'm my not question. Dodge, you're intentionally a- dodging your question, Scott. Your answer, your answer should have nothing to do with anything I Why say. Not? What do you mean? Why would it? Why? What if I wasn't here? Did you not have to make your argument then? I don't even understand what you're saying, bud. Why did why does your argument depend on me? Why am I part of your because argument? Because according to you, 
you have to that be means convinced. before you knew me, you have to be before you knew me, things. you couldn't. No, what I'm saying is, how can you show that the supernatural explanation is more likely? How can I show that? Well, like I said, I gave you these thought experiments. If we're able to do these thought experiments, if this actually and you happened, ruled out two or two or three natural explanations, right? what I'm saying, my question mm-hmm. was, how can you show that it's more likely than all other explanations? Well, do you think that it doesn't matter what the naturalistic explanation is? Your argument shouldn't matter what I think I, I at have all. A question though, it's an honest question. My, my, it's an honest question. Do you think that no matter what it is? A naturalistic explanation will always be more likely than a non-naturalistic explanation. No matter no matter how unlikely, as long as it's hmm. logically possible, no matter how unlikely, is it all does it have to that's my question to you. No matter how it could be a trillion to the power of 10 trillion to one or whatever. Right, right. As long as it's logically probable. Or, or logically possible, would a naturalistic explanation always supersede a supernatural one for you? That's a good question. And that's the first time you asked that. And I would say, uh, no, I would say that it, it is possible for there to be a, a natural explanation that is less likely than a supernatural explanation. And that's all, what I'm saying is, is we could rule out naturalistic explanations that we would think would would be the case and that there's other like for instance it wouldn't be unheard of for a piece of sand from the uh from the uh sahara to get lodged in my um cerebrum and cause me to you know uh, dream all of this stuff that's possible but Mm -hmm. are we going to accept that before we accept supernatural cause? Um, well, I mean, you'd have to be able to put a number on it for, you know, if you want to compare probabilities, you'd have to be able to come up with a probability. Well, according to you, isn't it almost a, at least close to zero probability with the supernatural? So no matter how unlikely a natural explanation I don't know. is, I don't know. see, that's my point. No matter how unlikely a naturalistic explanation is, it will always be more likely than a supernatural one. Uh, I just so I just like, said that that was okay, not okay, no, that's not right, what right. that's not my no, assumption. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You did. So again, so again, the, this this piece of sand from the Sahara somehow mm-hmm. gets in my mind or my brain right. and causes me right. to see all these things. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that would be more or less likely than yeah, see, see, than a supernatural explanation. Again, I, I, I mean, we're probably talking in circles here. We're over an hour and a half. I think that. I, at least I'm satisfied with our talk. You you might be like this was stupid, <laughs> but I'm satisfied with our talk. No, I don't think it was, I don't think it was. I don't think it was so fine. I, I I think that we're probably nearing the end. Unless you have something uh, more you want to interject there. No, no. I mean, I'm, that's Th- this was this was your your thing. If you're if you're happy, then yeah, no, then we're okay. No, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it went. Yeah. Okay, I think I know more now <laughs> yeah. than I knew, but I, I don't know for sure. So, so let, me, let me ask you something, Jamie. So, so you, were, you were challenging me. You were questioning my, 
my honor as a <laughs> as an epistemologist there, as a, as right. a, as an interlocutor there. Right. Um, do you feel like you made your case, or, or what, do you, what do you think about that? It's hard to do. It's hard to do when someone is. I, mean, I dare I say honestly mistaken, but but what I meant what I mean by that is when when someone when someone doesn't see what you see, right? It's it's hard to make that case for that. Um, and so you know, my thought to our audience was kind of let them decide uh-huh. if I made the case or not. You know, let, let let's hey, what is what would they think is reasonable? You know, what what do most people think is reasonable and do they think your epistemology is reasonable? I mean, that's ultimately what it boils down to. Right, right. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if I'm convinced by it or not. <laughs> you know, like so. At the end of the day, uh, we have to let them decide. So, so let me ask you this: Do you feel like my epistemology has any bearing at all on the arguments that you make? Well, yeah. Only in that I feel like when we have our discussions, mm-hmm. since we don't have a moderator or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. And since and since uh, the arguments I'm presenting, um, it's not like we have like some. It's not a debate where you have like a clear, uh, a clear winner. So what ends up happening is the discussion gets deemed either successful or not based upon whether I convince you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I'm saying is, uh, if if you make it un- and I think it's unintentionally, of course. If you make it unintentionally extra hard for me to convince you, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying like I feel like you are putting up unfair standards by which uh-huh. I, I try to lay down my evidence, and uh-huh. so um, and so yeah, with that I think it does affect my arguments in that I'm trying to convince you of those things, uh-huh. and if you're not, and I feel like if there isn't that, um, you know, if your if your standard for certain things is higher than what most people would consider reasonable, then uh-huh. my evidence would fall flat, huh. uh, even if it is true. And so that, that was kind of the whole idea behind, I think the podcast was, I was like, man, how am I ever going to show you that this is good evidence? Uh-huh. If what you consider to be good evidence, it, I deem it as an unreasonable expectation. So that, okay. that's how I think those kind of intertwine. Okay. All right. Interesting. It's interesting to hear your your uh, your perspective on that. Uh, okay. So yeah. So let's. Uh, what's what's up? Are oh, we? Uh, yeah. We're, what's we're up still, next? I'm still doing this <laughs> podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So now we're going to talk about prescriptive, descriptive. Uh, you had a little bit where where you wanted to specifically talk, and um, th- there's a lot of things you could use prescriptive, descriptive for. But mm-hmm. in particular, I think we're going to be dealing with mathematics, uh, which is your area of expertise. And so um, you wanted to talk a little bit or have us discuss a little bit about this idea of prescriptive versus descriptive. Are these things prescriptive in nature or descriptive in nature? So, uh, so let's dive in and let's talk about that. Oh, the humanity. Okay, so first of all, what the heck am I talking about with this prescriptive descriptive thing? Know. And so, tell, tell uh, me, so tell me. it's it, it's uh, it's two different ways of, of looking at um, guidelines, rules, laws, uh, things like that. And and so first, I'll I'll give you some definitions here first. If we say something is prescriptive, 
Okay, prescriptive. That means that uh, it's indicating something that we should or must do or something that should or must happen. Okay, and so it's a it's a normative statement, right? It's saying it's saying uh, the way things should be. Okay, or or have to be. It's kind of or forcing along those lines. Descriptive, on the other hand, oh, an example of prescriptive uh, would be uh, that we have to pay sales tax on purchases. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that's not something that's optional for us, um, and but but it, it's something that we have to do. Depends, uh, so, baby. Uh, Depends. <laughs> right, right. Depends on where you live. I'm living off the land. <laughs> I do you guys. Get- Nothing. Does Ohio have a sales tax? Yeah, oh yeah. Is there any state? Are there states that don't have sales tax? Pennsylvania has no sales I, tax. I don't think so. I'm not. Don't quote me on it. But when I lived in hmm. Youngstown, they didn't. You know. Hmm. So, but things may have changed. But yeah. As okay. of then, they, so, they didn't. Anyway. So on the other hand, descriptive means it's just simply describing what does happen. Okay, and so an example like that might be uh, that we don't have to donate to charities, but many of us still do. Okay, so so when when we're saying when we say people pay their taxes, okay, that's a prescriptive a prescription, right? It's a prescription. It's it's saying this is what we have to do. And when we say people pay, uh, you know, make donations to charity, that's just a, a description of what just happens to be happening. Okay, so it's so it's a it's an idea between um, whether you're forced to do something or whether uh, you're just happen to be doing something already, right? Or whether um, and there's because uh, it 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 doesn't necessarily have to be forced either, too. Like you mentioned above, or you mentioned just earlier, um, what you should do. So it doesn't necessarily have to be forced upon right, you, right? right? But, but you're right; it does have that yeah. kind of uh, some kind of law or some kind of rule. Um, right, where right. like, hey, you got to follow this, or you should follow this, right? If that makes sense. Like, um, many people think that there are certain like I don't have to pay sales tax, right? Well, but, depending, but depending right. on how you define "have to," right? right. So, right. Uh, so you, there's going to be repercussions, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, there would. There would be. Yes, there would be. You know, I I see what you're saying. I got you. Yep. Right, right, and and so um, well, we'll talk more about it in in regards to uh, mathematics and the laws of nature and that kind of stuff. Um, I did want to bring up though, there there could be some uh, unclear middle ground. For example, uh, we don't have to tip the wait staff at restaurants. Um, you know, it, that's not required. It's not. It doesn't. It, well, in some cases, I suppose you know, parties larger than eight have to right. you know pay eighteen percent or whatever. But uh, generally, we don't have to tip. Uh, wait staff. However, there is, uh, you know, a fair amount of social pressure uh, to do that. And, you know, so, you know, people kind of look down on you if you if you don't tip or if you under tip or and you so know, things you think like in, that. In some way that is is possibly prescribing something. Right. Right. Because so there's that social construct kind of. Exactly. Right. It's not, it's not prescriptive in the same way that we have to pay sales tax, which is legally obligated. Mm hmm. Uh, but there's still uh, a social obligation that may be, may or may not gotcha. be there. Yeah, I gotcha. um, and so so there could be some hazy ground in the middle. So so the reason that I wanted to bring this up is uh, the other day I was reading an article by William Lane Craig. I, I imagine you know who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was called um, God and the Unreasonable Effectiveness of Mathematics. And, uh, you know, in a nutshell, 
his argument is that um, you know the the universe uh, behaves exactly in the way that mathematics says it will um you know and and is that reasonable you know is that something that we should expect to happen it seems like an amazing coincidence that uh the the world just happens to behave in a in a mathematically um describable way um and here's a quote of his uh from that from that article uh off of his reasonable faith website he says one of the central questions facing us today is what the physicist Eugene Wigner famously called, quote, the unreasonable effectiveness of mathematics. How is it, for example, that a mathematical theorist like Peter Higgs can sit down at his desk and by pouring over mathematical equations predict the existence of a fundamental particle which 30 years later, after investing millions of dollars and thousands of man hours, experimentalists are finally able to detect, right? So uh, Peter Higgs predicted this, um, this, you know, this Higgs boson, right? Mm-hmm. This, this, this subatomic particle. Right. And then later on, you know, he, and he did it just with the mathematics, you know, he had no evidence that it was actually real or anything like that. Um, he was just saying, you know, we're, we're working off of our, our current physical model here and, and here's what it predicts. And then later on they say, Hey, wow, look at this. You know, they did find it. Uh, and so the last bit of the, of the quote there is mathematics is the language of nature, but how is this to be explained? Okay, so he's the 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 whole gist of his argument is, you know, how can we explain the fact that nature uh, acts mathematically? You know, because mm-hmm. if if it didn't, then he probably would not have been able to make that prediction. Higgs Higgs wouldn't. Um, and I also want to point out that this kind of approach uh, is also used used in some other arguments uh, for God, some transcendental arguments that are based on logic and the laws of nature. Mm-hmm. You might have heard the phrase, you know, laws require a lawgiver and, and mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Um, and so. Well, they uh, do. So, they do. But so the, the question is, is this a law? That's a right. So all laws require a lawgiver. But well, I think ultimately the question is. Yeah, I think ultimately the question is: Is this is this the kind of law we're talking about? Right. So it, it's not about whether or not laws require lawgivers. Right. The Some qu- types question, of laws require lawgivers. Yeah. The question is: Is that this kind of is is that right. what we're talking right. about here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so the idea here is that we're presuming that um, you know it's begging for some sort of explanation. And so, uh, so the theist, uh, the theistic es- explanation for this is that, um, and at least the way Craig describes it, is he says, "Well, mathematics and logic is how God thinks. So God thinks logically. God thinks mathematically. And so, ne- so we would, should expect that mm-hmm. God then would make His creation uh, to correspond to His to His thinking. So He mm-hmm. would create these." Um, the blueprints uh, in God's mind, objects yeah. and or relations, yeah, right? The, the and blueprints so, in God's mind, and then He creates the world to match the blueprint in His mind uh, in right, a mathematical right. way. Yeah. And so, so then to the to the non-theist, Craig poses uh, this uh, this point here: What remains wanting on naturalism is an explanation on why the physical world exhibits so complex and stunning a mathematical structure in the first place. Okay, so he's saying. Okay, so we have we have we have nature and the universe, and then we have mathematics and physics. And so, why you know how is it possible that they that they could match up? What would be the explanation there? And I think therein lies the uh, you know the crux of the matter right mm-hmm. there. And that is 
um, he's asking the wrong question. Okay. He's saying, how is this to be explained? And so he's assuming that mathematics is prescriptive. He's assuming that something, um, either these uh, laws of nature are forcing um, things to, you know, energy is equal to mass times the, the speed of light squared. Okay. E equals MC squared, Einstein's famous uh, 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 formula there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so he's suggesting that, well, what is making the universe conform to that? You know, he said there has to be something that's making the universe conform to that. And the problem is that um, what if the what if the with mathematic and logic and the laws of nature, what if they are merely descriptive? Mm -hmm. In other words, what if the universe is just behaving the way it does? And as as observers, we see we see these patterns and we describe the patterns. And those are the laws of nature. Those are the the. you know, the rules of mathematics, those are the axioms of logic and, and, mm-hmm. and so forth. Okay. And so um, if we think about how we originally develop mathematics, how we originally come up with uh, uh, the laws of nature and, and scientific laws, and, and, it, and so w- with mathematics, we started out with counting, right? Mm-hmm. We started out with, you know, fingers and we would count things on our fingers. We could count objects, count little stones as we, uh, you know, put little piles of stones and, and things like that. In fact, uh, the word calculus uh, is related to the root from calculus is the same thing used for uh, little stones. So calculus <laughs> really just means little stones. And, it, and, it, and that's based off of the fact that early mathematicians would use little piles of stones and or sticks or, you know, shells or whatever it is they have around them uh, to count. And so, so from, so we learned how to count. And then from there, we learned about things like uh, adding and subtracting. So, right. We could see it happening there. We could add things to our pile. We could subtract things from our pile and so on. And from there we move on and we can develop multiplication and division and, and, and just build on the complexity and so forth from that point on. So we discover the basic relations, relationships by observation, by observation, which led to simple patterns, which lead to predictions, you know, so, so we can we can use our information to uh, make predictions about circumstances that are not immediately in front of us. For example, we could figure out, well, what if I took my pile of 12 stones and I took Jamie's pile of 17 stones? What would happen if uh, Jamie moved into, you know, my my hut? OK, and how many stones would we have? So what would ha- so what would happen? You know what would happen if we if we throw all those together? So even though it's not in front of us, even though that situation is not real, it's an imaginary situation, hypothetical situation. We can still use the patterns that we've discovered um, to describe new situations, mm-hmm. and and then we can we can see those predictions being verified all the time. You know, I predict that if I buy, if I know I have a dozen eggs in the in the freeze in the freezer in the fridge at home and I buy another dozen eggs at the store, then I can expect to have 24 eggs when I get home. And lo and behold, I do. And so, so we, we make these observations, we, we notice patterns, and we name those patterns, we describe those patterns, we develop a language to describe those patterns. And then we can uh, verify the patterns in novel situations. Okay, and science also develops that same way, right? It's, it's built into the scientific method. The scientific method is basically four steps that are repeated. We observe things. We make a hypothesis about what we're observing. We test it. 
And then if we need to, we can refine it. We can uh, we can go back and change it. We can go, you know, and we make sure that we're correct. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the same process that we were just uh, talking about with uh, with mathematics. Right. Mm -hmm. We started out by observing hypothesis testing and then repeat the you know refining and repeating the cycle come to a conclusion at the end okay so how does that help us with this explanation well nature is the explanation okay nature nature didn't uh, let's assume for a second that nature didn't have to be the way that it is right now mm -hmm. uh, that may or may not be the case maybe nature could have been different maybe not uh, but we, I think we can agree that nature at, at the very least had to be some kind of way, right? For there to be nature at all, for there to be mathematics at all, for there to be a universe at all, the universe had to be some way. I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, just right. whatever, whatever, in, you know, in order for it to exist, it would have to, it would have to be, there would have to be some characteristics of it. You're right. It has to be some way. But then I think you're almost back to a fine tuning argument because you'd have to say, man, if it could be a different way mm -hmm. uh, and it was this way, man, why, how is it so beautiful and so no, no, complex? No. And I get I get that. But it, what, could what be, it could be something. It could be another way. Right. It could it could have been any right. other way or not any other way because we don't know that it could have been maybe many different ways. So, man. Really? We landed on this way that seems so beautiful and so complex? That's a different argument. That's the fine-tuning argument. That's not the argument that Craig's making here. I, I, well, let me, let me read what he says. Because okay. he goes on to say, um, let's see here. Um, why the physical world exhibits so complex and stunning a, ma a mathematical structure in the first place, right? Right. Perhaps right. the universe had to have some mathematical structure, though couldn't the world have been structureless chaos? Uh, uh, still, that a structure might have been describable by elementary arithmetic. So what he's saying is, sure, uh, it, it, it could, maybe it could have been any other way, but under naturalism, if it could have been any other way, maybe it could have been just chaotic, or maybe it could have been right. very, very simple math. But the point is, is it's very complex math and very beautiful um, math. It, it, it's complex to human beings. Sure. But I mean, yeah, it's relative like anything is like the fine tuning of the universe, right? That's complex to humans too, right? But my, my point is, I think Craig is... That would be the that would be the pushback on that. Sure, it had to be some way, but then that that almost begs not only begs the question, but it, it makes us wonder. Boy, of all the ways it could have been, and it was it could have been like very simple. Maybe if it could have been, and that's that's the assumption. If it could have been another way, it could have been more chaotic, or it could have been very very simple mathematics. Uh, in terms of for, from our vantage, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. It's very, very complex, very beautiful, very ornate. Uh, I mean, it could, it could be infinitely more complex. Right. So the question is then, man, I, I guess it just brings out wonder that, that, yeah, of all the ways it could have been, if it could have been, that it lands on this one. That's pretty spectacular. Well, I, I mean, think that's if, what he if, was saying. If, you, if you're picking this universe, if you're picking this way ahead of time, if you're picking it after the fact, then it's probability 100%, right? 
No, I mean, I think that falls back in. I, I, I don't know if I agree with you on that uh, because it would also have to, I think there, it has some specificity. After, after something happens, then its probability of having happened is 100%. Right. But, but we're not saying, I mean, we're just, we're looking back now and saying if it could have been other ways, right? right. We don't know if it could have been other ways. Right. That's the assumption. But I, I don't think you could just brush off this idea of okay all right i get i get let me let me see if i can sum up what you're saying you're saying that um the universe could have been anywhere from um remarkably simple up to incredibly complex right mm-hmm. and and you know on, at the infinitely far end of incredibly complex yeah. and is that's chaos. The, and that's i don't know it, well it, yeah the, I mean, that's our assumption that's the big assumption we make is that that it does have a range and it right. So, so, like so the the simplest universe would just be, would be everything would be identical. I mean, uniformity, blanket uniformity in all ways. No, I think what he's saying is we'd have this exact same universe, but described, um, but but we're able it would be, be able to be described in a more simple, uh, less elegant kind of way. Okay, I would argue that simple and elegant often go hand in hand. But let me ask you this way. If if there is a universe, then the universe is going to be it's going to be some kind of way that is somewhere on that spectrum of complexity. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's going to be somewhere on that on right. that spectrum of complexity. It could be simpler, it could be more complex or, you know, it, you know, or it could be what it is, right? right? I mean, th- those are the options. Okay? So, if there is a universe, then there is going to be a description of the universe. And so one of the one of the hallmarks of something that exists is that it has a description. Absolutely. Yep. Correct? Yep. Okay. So if a, if the if a universe exists and it has a description, then we can um we could descri- we could describe the universe. If, if the universe has a description, then we can describe the universe or it's at least describable. Um, you know, we, our vocabulary might not be varied enough to, you know, cover right. all of the intricacies right. and that kind of thing, but at least in theory, mm-hmm. it, it can be described. Okay. It's describable because it has a description. Okay. And so what I'm saying is that description, that's math. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So regardless of how the universe turned out to be anywhere on that spectrum, it's going to have a description and that description, that's what's what mathematics is. Right. And so should we be surprised that the universe then seems to match up with the description? No, I don't think we should be surprised about that at all. I, but, exactly. But exactly. I, I think it, it's similar to um, if I had a, if it was before I was married, some one of my buddies was going to try to hook me up with some chicks and he lined up a, a thousand different women and six, 700 of them were butt ugly and, and, and 150 of them were just kind of like, uh, I don't know about this. Right. But I end up with the one chick that's absolutely gorgeous. I randomly pick, Hey, I want this. I'll take this door. Right. So, and I end mm-hmm. up with a, this amazingly beautiful check. So, yeah, I could have any of those doors would have worked. Uh and and then when I opened that door, then yeah, that's what I would have had, but I think it begs the question to say that or not begs the question, but it it 
we, we lends itself this whole idea lends itself to the question of why did we get one why does this world and it, it, why is math why does it math describe this world in such a beautiful and elegant way why is it why is it this one rather than those other possible ones that we could have had That's but it didn't all. matter it, it could have been one of it, it well Again, we don't know. Right. We don't know I the know physics right. here, but we're saying if it could have been a different way, then that way would have had an explanation of its own or a description, rather, a description of its own. Right. And, but but, but let, me, let, me, let, me use your, let me use your example. Uh, you were talking about your friend was setting you up on dates. Okay. So let's say that you you go on you go on dates with these with these people and you decide to marry one of them and you and you get married and then you think, boy, what are the odds that you married your wife? Okay. Well, how, how, what, what was it that guided you to marry your wife? Right. And, and the, and the problem is there is that no, that's, that's not, there's nothing forcing you to marry your wife. It's the fact that we use the word wife to describe the way that your dating, uh, you know, path has taken you. It, it, you might've, you might've ended up with a different person. Okay. You might, depending on the, maybe, you know, maybe the weather or, you know, there could be a million different things that could affect right. who you like and who you don't like. Right. But let's say if if we assume that you end up with one person. Right. And that you marry that person or have get in a relationship or, or however you want to describe it. If you then say, what are the odds that you ended up with your wife? Boy, that's vanishingly small. It's I mean, think of how many people there, how many people that would be potential mates for you in this world, right? There's, there's a lot. And so the, the problem is we shouldn't be thinking, we shouldn't be phrasing the question, why did you end up with your wife? The reason is that because we use the word wife to describe who you did actually end up with. Now let's, let's apply that to what we were talking about here. Um, uh, Craig is saying, what's the explanation for, for, the, for the universe matching mathematics so nicely? And the reason is um, we shouldn't be as because it's not the universe. The universe isn't matching up with the description. The description was created based on the way the universe is, just like your wife was called that because that's who you ended up with. Mm. It's, it's not like... It's not like your wife was out there somewhere and you were dating all these people and you're like, whoa, I ended up with my wife. What are what are the odds? Right. What, what's the explanation for that? And so what, what I'm saying, if, if you were Craig, then if you were um, William Lane Craig, I would be saying you're asking the wrong question. We shouldn't be asking what's the explanation that makes the universe fit this description. The reason is because the description was created in response to the universe. And so it's not the it's not the laws of nature that direct the way nature acts. It's nature acts a certain way and it might have you know if we're if we're open to the possibility that it might have acted differently in that case we would have had a different description of nature. We would have had different laws of nature. And some of them okay. could have been much more simple. Right, they could have been much more simple, or they could have been much more complex. I think, I think that, I think that is the point he's making. 
but that's not what he's saying. That's well, a fine-tuning argument. We can address that when we get to the, you know, why is it this universe rather than no, any right. of the others? But, but what I'm saying, though, is I, I th- just in what he said, right? He said, perhaps the universe had to have some mathematical structure, which is what you said, right? Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. It has to have some kind of structure, though couldn't the world have been structureless, just chaos? Could, could that have been? Right. Okay, and, so, then, so and then, like, then he goes on to say, still, that structure might have been describable by elementary arithmetic. For example, uh, one thing well, and was, another thing make two things, right? But modern physics shows that the physical world is breathtakingly mathematically complex. So I think he's saying that, that um, yes, we do have a world in which, we, in which when we look at it, we describe it, and it, it has this complexity in this description of, of what we have. But I think that, that that is what he's trying to say is that it, it, this seems to be, um, I don't want to say too good to be true, but it, it, again, it could have taken all these possible different forms, and yet we get one that, that fits so nicely and is so complex and Wait, I, fits on fits on, but when you say fits so nicely, like it's beautiful, means, it has beautiful. That means, features. that means you're coming into it with a preconceived notion of what it should be. Uh, no, we're, no, because I'm saying that there's just many ways it could have been, and and, and it could have been chaos. And you would say that? Uh, would you say that our description of the universe or mathematics is more beautiful than say chaos? Our, our current uh, description. I don't. I don't know. It depends. What? Yeah. I, I would say it's more elegant. Right. Okay. Maybe that's. Maybe that's the. Maybe okay. that's a proper word. But that. I guess. I think that's where where he's going to is that it could have just been very, very, uh, a very simple kind of arithmetic, or, or it could have been. No. Hold on a sec. Chaos is infinitely complex. It's not um, simple. It's so it, chaos would have a much more complicated so let description me, let me than, look up than the word chaos. Because I'm not sure. Well, I'm assuming you mean like randomness and no regularity and and, and that kind of thing. Yes, Re- regularity is simple. Chaos is complicated. Um, complete okay. disorder and confusion. Right. So so lack of order. So if there is order, then. There's patterns, and if there's patterns, there's shortcuts, and so that's what. So patterns and order is is what's simple. Chaos is immensely complicated. If I gave you, if I had two people, and one of them had a string of a hundred random digits, utter chaos. Right. Okay. And another person had a string of a hundred ones. Right, yeah. Perfect, perfect uniformity. Right, right, right. And I said. Uh, when I when I say go, I want you to give a thorough description of your set of numbers. Mm-hmm. And then I say go. And then the one person says 100 ones and they're done. Yeah. And meanwhile, the other person gets like four digits into their description. Right. Okay. So chaos is is the complicated. Okay. It's complex. It's nothing but exceptions. So maybe elegant. Right? Maybe elegant is that word we want to use then. Beautiful so, or elegant is as far as you can as far as we can understand. Yeah. Elegant elegant and beautiful are judgment calls. Those are subjective true, calls. But, and and but so so if true. we had, if we had if we had been uh uh born and evolved in a different universe then we might think that that universe is more beautiful than this one. I mean that. I mean, I suppose that's possible. When we're talking about this universe and the possibility right. that it could have been chaotic, or the possibility that it could have had um, something 
something um, hap- more haphazard. But what we see is something very elegant. And I think right. so, uh, so listen, you're, you're, I'm not, not going to be I don't want to continue to beat this dead horse. All I'm trying to say is I think what he's saying is, is that is it just saying that, of course, well, of course, this just matches the description of our world. And we shouldn't be surprised because this is the right, world exactly. we live in. But, exactly. But I think that it's it's the whole I mean, you've heard the analogy of the firing squad, right? The guy gets trumped up charges on, on drugs. He's sentenced mm-hmm. to be killed. He's lined up in front of a firing squad, 100 trained marksmen, 10 feet away, ready, aim, fire, the roar of the guns. And then he realizes he's still alive. He shouldn't then conclude, well, nothing to explain here because I'm alive. And if I were dead, uh, I, I would I wouldn't be around uh, to right, think. So but, there's no real explanation. I don't need to explain this. I think you're confusing this with the fine tuning argument, though. No, okay, I, well, so, I, well, yeah, I, know, I understand what you're saying. Here, here's here's the quote. Here's the quote. Right. What remains wanting on naturalism is an explanation why the physical world exhibits so complex and stunning a mathematical structure in the first right. place. I just read that. Right. And then he it goes said, on. Perhaps. Why do we have the mathematical why do we have this mathematical structure? And the right. reason is because the mathematical description was created to describe what the universe was. Okay. Right. The word yeah. the word wife is used after the fact to designate who in fact you did marry. Right. He just goes Math- he just goes down. Right. He just goes down though to say that all well and good. I get it because he goes on to say perhaps the universe had some mathematical structure to begin with. Like so exactly what you're saying. But then right. he retorts and says, but couldn't the world have been chaos or still um, the structure may have been describable by really elementary arithmetic. So I think he's saying that there is a vast array. Right. And so – I, I'm not saying I'm confusing this with the fine tuning. I'm saying I think the same kind of thing can be applied, and I think that's what he's doing. Although I, maybe I'll read but, more on on Craig because maybe that's not what he's saying, but it sure does seem like that to me that he's implying this. So you're saying that this argument is just a duplicate of the fine tuning argument, then? Um, it, it's it's slightly different, but it has some similarities. Sure. Okay, but but he's not saying. He, but listen to what it's titled. Okay, the unreasonable effectiveness of mathematics. Mm-hmm. The un- so he's saying it's not reasonable to think that mathematics should be effective in describing the universe. Okay, it's right there in the title. No, God I- and the unreasonable effectiveness of mathematics. It is totally reasonable that mathematics is effective in describing the universe because mathematics was created as a description of the universe. Fair enough. Okay. All I'm saying, and I mean, all I'm saying is just by taking what I saw here in, in the article, the quote in the article, mm-hmm. it seems like he was pointing towards this idea. And that's why I said, well, let me go read more about Craig. Maybe that's mm-hmm. not what he's saying. But it seems to me. So, so you he, think he is confusing it with the fine tuning argument? I don't think Craig confuses anything. I think people undercut Craig and I don't know why, like he's got two PhDs and he's been working. So anybody who says that Craig is a slouch, that pisses me off a little bit. I don't think he confuses anything. No, I didn't say that. I'm confusing. If anything, I'm confusing (laughs) what Craig has to say. Okay. Well, that's what I said before. And you you didn't like that. You didn't like it. I didn't. So, so, So somebody's confusing it. 
See, what you're describing is the fine-tuning argument, and what I'm describing is this uh, unreasonable effectiveness of mathematics argument. Right. Okay, and he's I, saying, and, I, and you're saying ahead. they're the same thing? No, I, I'm saying there might be elements of the same thing, right? So there might be um, some some elements of the fine-tuning that we can use, because when we're talking about the fine-tuning of the universe, we're not talking about mathematics. We're talking about the... Um, the, the um, laws of nature and we're talking about the constants and values given to um certain um things uh right but it's a it's the same kind of thing just right, maybe a same, different domain right same kind of concept all i'm saying is that it seems from that quote that that might be the route he's going because this was a whole big article both you and i read it mm-hmm. and this was only a little part of it and i think he was talking about those who take a certain position about mathematics and uh, and and then here why here's why that we still might have some questions why why he doesn't think that might not complete answer so so, so you said that Craig doesn't make mistakes doesn't mix things up doesn't well, make mistakes I'm not, saying, so, I'm not saying he's Jesus I'm just saying that so, but he knows but he's familiar with the fine tuning argument right oh yeah and he's presenting this as a different argument correct I, but it right? doesn't mean that you can't have some aspects of other arguments for instance the moral uh moral values and duty argument that has prescriptive and descriptive in that too right but the 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 core right. of, of what he's saying and again uh, again it's right there okay so let's, let's just, to the say, title. just to make this shorter and so we don't go on forever. I'll assume you're correct about all of that and what Craig thinks. I'm fine with that. I'm tired about. I'm tired of arguing over who whose interpretation of Craig is correct. Let's just move on. Like, like that's not okay. I'll grant you that. That's what he's talking about. Then go on. Exactly. Well, that I mean that was that was my point. Okay. Is that perfect? Move on. Then we'll go on to the we, next we, bullet point. We, we should, um, it's not unreasonable that mathematics is effective. Okay, fair enough. And the reason okay. why I said fair enough is because, like I told you at the beginning of this, this is not my area of expertise, right? And so I mm-hmm. was I was only pushing back on a few things based upon what seemed like Craig's interpretation or my interpretation of Craig's work based upon what we're talking about. That's it. So I, I have no pushback on these other things because it's not my area of expertise. So fine. That sounds fine. My point is, so we, we've, de- we've, de- we've described the difference between descriptive and prescriptive. Okay. The, 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 the germ, the, the core of this argument, the unreasonable effectiveness of mathematics is that he's saying that it's unreasonable to think mathematics should be effective. And the, the only and, and so the interpretation that leads to that misconception that Craig made, and I do think that he made a misconception here. He's not a mathematical expert. None of his degrees are in mathematics. OK. And, and what's so, your point? And so what I'm saying is that he can make mistakes. I and agree. this is one of them. I this agree, is one I of agree them. he can make a mistake. OK. But I think there's a difference between being wrong about an argument and making a mistake. <laughs> Right. So so like you might disagree with his conclusions about the argument, Mm -hmm. but I think that's different than him making a mistake. Like, do you think he's just wrong in his conclusions of the argument? So let me let me phrase it this way. 
if his if this argument was meant to say that it's unreasonable to expect that mathematics is effective mm-hmm. in describing the universe, if that was his intent, mm-hmm. did is he successful? Or is he failing because of a misconception there? If that was, if my interpretation oh, of his thinking, argument. And you're, th- you're saying misconception is just, he's between prescriptive and descriptive. He what? So what he's saying here is that it's unreasonable to expect the universe to behave according to this, these, what would other be, what would be otherwise arbitrary, right? I think he uses the phrase in his art, in his article, a happy coincidence. Mm-hmm. A happy coincidence. Well, it's not a happy coincidence. It had to be that way because the description of the universe was created in response to the way the universe is. So it's not a happy coincidence, just like it's not a happy coincidence that the person you're married to happened to be your wife. It's That's not a happy coincidence. It's because the way the reason that she's called your wife is because that's the way it did in fact turn out. Right, I, I get that. I understand. Okay. That. I understand. And, and likewise, it's not a happy coincidence that the way the universe operates and mathematics coincide. It's not. It's not unreasonable that that mathematics is effective in describing the universe. Just like it's not unreasonable to uh, think of why your you know your wife is called your wife. Right. It's, it's not unreasonable because it was made in response. It was because I contend that uh, Craig was thinking of mathematics in terms of prescription. Gotcha. OK. Gotcha. Yes. He, yes. So he was thinking he was thinking that something. And, and if the if we had a if we had a preset of mathematics, if before there was even a universe, if that even makes sense, um, if we had this mathematics and they said, and then we said, okay, give us a universe. Then we would be surprised if they matched up. Okay. If we had the mathematics separate from the universe, then it would be, then it would be amazing if they matched up because there could be infinities upon infinities of differences. Right. And so if that's the case, then, then we, then we would be surprised. So what he's saying when he says that it's a, it's unreasonable to to note the effectiveness of the mathematics, what he's saying is that what is it that made the universe to match the mathematics? And that's not what happens. And and, and I, I've heard I don't know if uh, he's done, um, you know, the laws require a lawgiver. But uh, if you say the laws require a lawgiver, you're talking about prescriptive laws Correct. require a lawgiver, right. a lawgiver, yep. Yep. right? Scientific laws are descriptive laws. We observe, we hypothesize, we test, we conclude. Okay, so that's that's how. So natural laws are not prescriptive laws, and so then do not require a lawgiver. Okay, at least not by the same argument. Maybe you could make some other kind of argument that they need a lawgiver, but the 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 relationship is is different, right? The relationship here is different, and so since. Um, now the question, the next question is, well, how do we know it's descri- how do we know that that the universe is actually not being prescribed, right? So I'm saying it's it's not it's not surprising. It shouldn't be surprising at all. It's, it's not unreasonable that math and the universe coincide. Okay, so how do we know that there isn't anything that is in fact making it? Mm-hmm. Right, there could be something. I, well, I'm not saying that I know for sure that there's nothing making the universe to match 
the way God thinks mm-hmm. or, or whatever, or whatever right, right. it is. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the door open on that. Okay. So we don't know if that's not the case. There may be some underlying prescription of some sort, but we don't know if there is. And if there is, we don't know what it is. Okay. One last thing I wanted to say was, um, in, in my statistics courses, we talk about correlation is not equal to causation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it's a common saying, and you know, I've, I'm sure I've used it on the show before. And so um, that's exactly the difference between description mm-hmm. is not the same as prescription. Description correlation just means two things happen in the same way at the right, same time, right. or, or they're, you know, if you know one of them, you can predict the other one, that kind of thing. So that is descriptive. Uh, so description corresponds with correlation. Prescription corresponds with causation. They're not identical, but there's a gotcha. similar kind of, no, of, of noticing something versus something making something else right. happen. Yep. Okay. And so we do know, we do at the very least, we know that our mathematics are descriptive. Sometimes, you know, I'll see posts on the internet that saying, is mathematics a description or is it, or no, what, what, what is it? Is mathematics... Oh, oh, was mathematics invented right. or discovered, right. right? Was mathematics invented or discovered? Right. And my answer is always this. The language of mathematics was invented to describe the mathematical relationships that we discovered. Okay. And mm-hmm. so based off of that, we, we know, we can see that there might be, there might be, um, you know, there's mathematical realists out there, right? They're saying one is, re- there's really a one, a thing that's one, right? And, and it instantiates in the universe in different aspects and um you know now we're getting outside of what i what i'm comfortable talking about i don't really Dude, we, know we all that much side of what you wanted to talk about yeah. 20 minutes ago <laughs> we definitely did so what, what i'm saying is that and and this happens so often in so many different contexts is we know that at the very least that mathematics is descriptive um and then we don't have any reason to take it beyond that to beyond the pre, you know to the prescription and so i think um, and I know that you disagree, um, but I think that um, I don't. I don't completely disagree right now because I don't have an I, argument for that. Well, like, what I'm about to say is that um, I think that Craig is approaching mathematics <clears throat> as if it were prescriptive, mm-hmm. and if that were the case, then you might have an argument that we would be surprised that it was, you know, what's making the world be this way? What's making you know? If I take two pebbles and put them together. Why does that match up with what I the rules I know about addition, right? So mm-hmm. there there could be something, but we don't know, and so we can't say, right? And so that so his so I think that his argument uh, fails because he's making an unfounded assumption in that regard, and that's it. Very good. Okay, there we have it: prescriptive versus descriptive. Uh, I think I I may have learned a thing or two. Only time will tell, Scott. We'll see. We'll see oh. if it sticks. We'll see, okay. if it sticks. see if it sticks. Right? <laughs> you have anything you want to add about prescriptive, descriptive? No, no, no. I think I uh, think I summed Major it up case. You nicely case. there. Yep. All right. Very good. That about wraps it up for episode number 20. Please send us your ideas, questions, and comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to know more about the topics covered in this episode, Scott, what do you recommend, bud? What I recommend, and you're going to love the title of this book, it's called Why Everyone Else is a Hypocrite. <laughs>
they got the word else in parentheses there so it's like so so it's like why everyone else it quote unquote is a hypocrite uh evolution and the modular mind and it's by a a psychologist by the name of robert kurzban and uh it's it's a it's a real fascinating uh ground up kind of a look at the way that our psychology and the way that our thinking and the way that our mind works. And and so he's describing the mind as not this one massive uh, thing that, you know, that just kind of develops all at once, but it as several modules, he calls them. So, so it's a modular mind. And so we have several different pieces that all kind of uh, develop at the same time. And so they, they can interact with each other and they can even disagree with each other. And so our mind is really not, it's not just a one united force. Uh, our minds are actually uh, kind of a cacophony of these competing uh, ideas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, um, so that's really any, he, any, he, he does it from an evolutionary perspective. And so, um, so it's really fascinating. It's called why everyone else is a hypocrite <laughs> evolution and the modular mind by Robert Kurzban. Nice. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you got for us today? I have, uh, um, religious, uh, epistemology by Tyler McNabb. I th- you may have seen him. I think he runs around in some of our forums, like Reason and Religion. Uh, forum oh, really? We met on. Okay. Um, he may may run around. That. Uh, anyhow, I, I I found him online through like Facebook, and uh, he wrote a book, and I read it. And it's pretty good. Mm. It it, it yeah. strictly deals with an epistemological framework, which obviously is what we're talking about today. So it deals with how um, a religious person structures their epistemology. Why they accept certain claims as being true, um, and 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 how we can go about justifying certain things, huh. uh, and and he does do a survey of a few other um, epistemological frameworks or um, you know um, uh, um, or understandings of how we do epistemology, mm-hmm. and so it's a it's a it's a pretty thorough book that is religious epistemology by Tyler McNabb. So, we want to say thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll be back with us next time when Scott and I will be talking about hermeneutics. Until then, this is your dialectic duo reminding you to talk to each other. See ya! This has been the God or Not Podcast. Send your questions or comments to email at godornotpodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show or grab some God or Not gear, please visit the website at www.godornotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. 